This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 33, Agendas! Agendas! Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Hey everybody, it's just Matt, just me and you, starting this one off. How you doing? Feeling good? That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, We are having a fun little episode this week. It's a Galactic Council episode that we recorded with our dear friend Alex. Uh, We played a game on stream last week, and it was a wackadoodle game. So we actually spent about the first 20 minutes of this episode talking about that game in detail, going through it, what we thought about it, uh, some of the strategic moments. Uh, and then we jump into a conversation about agendas. We go through every single card in the agenda deck and talk through uh, different circumstances we do or don't want to see that agenda come up. But if you want to avoid that first conversation because you haven't watched the live stream yet and spoilers are important to you, why don't you go ahead and skip to 22 minutes and 52 seconds? And that way you won't have anything spoiled for you and you can just get that agenda discussion. So without further ado, I am now about to start the episode, but it starts with some spoilers. So again, jump to 2252 to avoid spoilers. Here we go. Yeah, that was a weird game that we played yesterday. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun too. I didn't. I didn't. Ha- I had significantly less fun. <laughs> Matt had a SAR game. Is yeah. what Matt had. Um. Yeah. Right off the top, Hunter won. What? What were the? I. I so let's talk about you first because sure. let's get the negative stuff out of the way. Sure. What do you feel like? So Matt played as SAR. I was playing as the extra Alex. I was playing as Mentech. What do you feel like? What cost you the game, Matt? Like, what what hurt you the most? Because you got hurt a lot. You got beat up a lot. I was Xcha's neighbor. Mm-hmm. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> that it, the fact that Xcha was my neighbor ruined everything for me. Uh, I mean, the other thing would be we were playing with the goofiest map ever, and it which I ended up. I mean, I feel like but you liked it too. What, uh, it was super fun, but it did not do a SAR sitting next to Xcha any favors. No. Because we both kind of needed to be in the same spot. What do you feel like you win? What did you need to get leverage over me? Like is like are we, like was it the kind of thing where we maybe walk away from this game feeling like Sar versus Extra, Extra just wins? Or like what do you think? How could we have? How could you have gotten underneath me? Or like I needed Alex to not be your buddy. You need Alex you and I Alex. both because that's the thing we've talked about this in our just regular conversations about this game. Extra needs coordinated attacks against them. One person is kind of always going to have a little bit of difficulty taking extra, especially because like you got nullification field very fast. I had a yellow skip, which and... by the way, a yellow skip is real good for yep. extra. Yeah, and so uh, for me to do anything against you single-handedly was just never, I mean, was never a practical choice. But if if Alex and I had both agreed we need to deal with the hunter problem, then whatever. But this whole game was you two rising to success by having a pretty tight, like, economic alliance. Mm-hmm. Not an alliance, but, like, the two of you were interlinked money-wise for most of the game. And that shut me out. 
and based on your actions and your threats against me, I had to just run away, and the direction I had to run away into was in someone who didn't want me in their place. Like, there was nowhere for the Tsar to go. It was right. so thematically fitting for the Tsar, because I was just like, please, someone let me have a planet. Like, let me just stay anywhere, somewhere. And, and my whole game was basically on the run, or locked down in one system for three rounds, because I got diploed twice. That was insane. Thing. Yeah. So, bad luck mixed with bad neighbor mixed with one bad, like, I would say I made one bad move that unfortunately cost me pretty much the entire game, which was I decided to, instead of just retreating into my home system and hoping I could make it work later with no knowledge of how that could have happened, I was like, well, I guess I'll just expand into the Nalu, and that was my demise because that was taken as an aggressive action, and I was shut down pretty handily after that, despite well, I, not being in the lead ever at any point in the whole game. Well, I think I think something, a takeaway for like uh, everyone listening at this point would be if you are sar do not le- do not uh let someone control a planet that your ball is sitting under because that is that sucks. i mean clancy's you need to take planets clancy so, was the one that diploed matt over and over no clancy and oh wow they both Keaton. did it to you they yeah, they, they each had a planet underneath me and they both diploed me so yeah when uh i didn't focus on infantry well enough and i mean we just got done with the gu- ghost guide last week i feel like every single faction needs to focus on infantry more like that's just the straight up rule of twilight imperium is infantry are super important and when you go somewhere you need to take the planets that are there right 100 percent of the time like, right you will secure your position better if you take stuff and so you just need to always be doing that it just depends i think there are a lot of races that have a need for infantry but like i mean i don't think i built any infantry besides the one that i started no, extra doesn't have a need for infantry but you did have a need of lucky objectives which you got in spades i yeah but again uh we talked about we talked about the objectives really lining up for me and i and i'm not going to say that that they did not because they totally did but the more I think about it, the more I, I look at extra and just realize that this is a race that can get a, a lot, lot of done. Do. Yeah. No, I agree. My point being, if you had had any bad luck, if you had gotten any objectives that weren't in your favor, it's very difficult for extra to branch out and expand that reach unless their neighbor is Sar who has abandoned their pie slice. Like, right. The, the, if, if your two neighbors had been Nalu and Mentak and you needed to go outside of your pie slice to get something would have been a very very different game i think it just depends it depends on how far outside because anything as far as i'm concerned anything on the anything that that is within extras pds network is basically theirs right. even if it belongs to another player it it's it's pretty hard to imagine a player being able to withstand um a round of pds fire yeah full round with maybe graviton and then like next round, like another activation, right. including another round of PDS fire with the right. the ships moving in. The, the trick here, the that fact we're... that extra can shoot yep. so many shots at 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 other people's ships without even having to risk their own is insane. For those That's of you the... who didn't watch the game, basically Hunter and I both had to go to systems adjacent to Mechatol Rex that were also adjacent to each other. Hunter went to his very fast and got a really good PDS network set up and got Deep Space Cannon really fast, and I was next to it with my make primary starball star and uh hunter was just like matt what are you going to give me to not just keep firing at you and the first time he did it 
it was an it was going to happen right then or it wasn't and so i had to give him four trade goods because it's all i had and then he was like don't worry i won't do this again but i knew that he would because uh-huh. why, why wouldn't he it's so cheap so i immediately had to just flee with so that i wouldn't risk every round having my sarball threatened without him having to commit anything but a single command counter i mean if if you can hurt someone with no risk to yourself there's no reason not to do it and exactly and also as the other uh, as a player on the other side of that you can't let yourself stay in a situation where someone can hurt you without that. being I could, hurt themselves. i was i the feeling i had was i am completely helpless mm-hmm. here i am being held over a barrel and the worst thing i could do is leave myself open to this sort of position again it will it will ruin me to just keep having this conversation come up right about so, matt's point that if you had had um if you had had a different objective uh that would have been harder to claim if it weren't sar the final point that you needed was um ships next to his home system oh yeah and that was just wide open that was the, i was sar that was the it, clinching part if you had had to do that to me that would have been Impossible. much more difficult yeah. for you of course but i mean i i still i think that there were a lot of uh, options i had on the table that i never had to do and i feel like like when you guys are talking about it like this you're making it sound almost like it was a low like it was it was it was very easy it was a very easy game i'll say that for for me as extra but i also feel like i didn't have to push i didn't have to use a lot of my abilities so what i'm trying to say is that i feel like just the takeaway is that extra is a very good race because if i had had to be more aggressive to accomplish objectives i i think i would have been successful in a lot of ways i mean i think if i had wanted if i had turned on you at some point with the pds network that i had set up i would have taken at least your that planet that were the system that was next to us i don't know if i would have succeeded in going all the way to your home system but i don't know exactly what objectives we're talking about but um but yeah, I mean the the I I would not have been able to get next to your home system without some some pretty much some devilry yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, Alex, how did you feel about Mentac? How did the Mentac game go? I felt good about Mentac. It was my first time playing Mentac, um, and they I felt super powerful within three rounds. Yeah. Um, so also you also had a yellow skip. And you got mirror computing round three. So yeah, what I, what I did was that um, first two rounds I took trade. Um, Hunter and I arranged a an agreement where I gave him my promissory note, uh, which meant that I couldn't steal from him um, unless he attacked me. He would get rid of that, mm-hmm. and then um, I traded him my two commodities for his four. Yeah, so was, and it's worth noting Hunter was the only four commodity race at the board. So, and they were neighbors. So it's like another, in, from my perspective, just another kind of like wonderful circumstance for them that they both capitalized on. I'm not yeah. diminishing the fact that you guys did good play. It's that that opportunity was there, and you both went, "Yeah, we have to seize that opportunity yeah. and use it." It was fantastic. Yeah, I was somewhat inspired by um, a listener and. Uh, fellow discord discord person that uh, i played with on tts uh david s nor mm-hmm. um he had this idea he was playing arborek and i was playing hakan and he just kept trying to get me to essentially get as much money as i would have gotten if i traded with the entire table um but just make it something between the two of us and i was inspired by that because that, and that's why i was inspired to be like hey so i'll give you four for your two because the idea was that I, I probably can't stop you from getting 
a lot of money anyways. Right. So I might as well limit the amount of money that the other players are getting. Right. That was my idea. I, I even used that on you. Like the time you took right. trade, you right. were willing to make a couple deals. And I was like, please just single me out. I will make you the, the better deal. I, I honestly don't have a very good argument against doing that type yeah, of play. If I someone think that's has, how you should trade. If trade gets played, two people should trade, and, and that should always be. Well, it. what what uh, how I tried to counter that? I knew you were upset about this when I did it. I took when I took trade the second time. Mm-hmm. You wanted that deal to continue, but I'm Mentech. I'm not going to be stealing from you. Right. So I I opened up trade to two people across from me. That was smart. So that they so that I could start getting a little bit more. Right. Um, and then as as far as tech goes, uh, first round I got Neural, which was amazing. Yep. And then second round, Yellow Skip to um, Salvage Operations. Third round, Mirror Computing. Ridiculous. And it was out of control. Yeah. I, uh, I, as extra, did not research Neural or Sarwane. So take it, you guys. Just <laughs> listen to that. <laughs> Although, uh, to be fair, because of the wackadoodle game we were playing, yeah. I did end up with a wonderful hand of action cards. Yeah, we had we had other extenuating circumstances. Oh yeah, like yeah. Um, I researched neural, and then uh, Hunter got all my action yeah. cards. <laughs> it was awesome. He got my great hand that, that I that, cultivated. That one thing in and of itself should completely invalidate my victory. The fact that I was <laughs> yeah, that, which I mean. We, at the beginning, said we were going to do these weird audience agendas and that no one should be too, like, should t- that th- this should all be taken with yep. a grain of salt, Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, I want to say, too, that game, just tech-wise, was absolutely crazy. I mean, mirror computing for Mentac on round three, nullification round, uh, nullification field on and round... The, and the other one, the, and, uh, uh, the instinct training. Instinct training. I got both their racials, which are so... They're really good. And they're cheap. All, they're cheap. They're not, like, nullification field is too yellow uh requires two yellow uh instinct training requires one green i had a green skip and a yellow skip and, and you it start was with just, a yellow it was just easy yeah, yeah. yeah uh and and then also nalu to my left um got neuroglave in round three everybody got their tech that they needed yep. really yeah except for me <laughs> <laughs> i mean actually no i got the tech i would have wanted to get i just was never able to put it to use it was it was a it was a sad display of star due to a lot of bad luck yeah um so okay hunter how, how did you how did you find your victory with the extra? So basically, a lot of the um, obviously a lot of the passive VPs public wise are really easily claimed by extra. Um, you set up a solid slice. Uh, I did not. I was not aggressive. Would you take round one? Uh, I took warfare. Yeah. Um, so which, not aggressive, but like establishing your space early you want to you want to get your slice established and throw down those pds as fast as possible hunter did warfare then construction then construction and it ruined my game i mean it was very good (laughs) i mean i'll i'll say this i feel like taking taking war what i learned by taking warfare round one i wanted to do it because i wanted to get to barragun lerda four as soon as possible because of the map the map was weird and it it, it, this is like an extraneous circumstance well i think this might apply to regular play as well because what i'm gonna say is it felt like sar not having warfare round one set you back around oh absolutely like yeah yeah I didn't see, like, I always see Sar take that, like, you're, like, round two or three, and you look over, and they have all these trade goods, and yeah. you're just like, man, that's yep. such it's such a good race. But I didn't I didn't have that moment this time. I didn't no. look over and see, like, you with this crazy pile of trade goods super early. I just feel like what I learned is that the the Sar dependence on Warfare round one is, is high major. and heavy. Yeah, yeah, you took Warfare. I was going second, 
but I did not know what to pick. Like, it was a very difficult decision of, like, if I'm not getting Warfare, what am I doing as the Sar? Like, what can I even... And, my like, the, the way my pie slice was structured, it was, like, there was very few things I was going to be able to take round one. Like, it, it made it... It made it really tricky to play as Sar. It's just another one of those races where, like, we've talked about this with Ghosts, we've talked about this with Winu, where you can kind of, if you're their neighbor, you can, if you're if you're actually looking at them and being like, all right, I'm going to play against them, uh, it I feel like you can get it done. Yeah. Like, you, you, you can, they have holes that you can be exploited, right. basically. If I were to summarize this game to, to, like, come up with a play of the week, I would have two plays of the weeks, and the first one will be, you getting those three PDS down very fast and then immediately threatening me saying, give me money or I will just fire open shots at you. Dude, yeah, extra can extort like nobody's business. Yeah, because you're not going to sacrifice. The difference, people say Yin should try to extort, but it's like, well, I'm going to be sacrificing ships to do that. Maybe right. even twice as many as a normal faction. Ghosts should extort people because they can get anywhere. Extra can extort people because they're their neighbors. Right. Just like, I'm, I'm sitting next to you, I get to extort you. Right. And it's ridiculous. Uh, and the other play would be the relationship the two of you had, Mentak and Extra, with this crazy deal of just like you two had control of basically all the money for at least two rounds, and then a lot of the game as well. I mean, the, most of the money was exclusively on you two. You guys yeah. always had trade goods. The I of- think that that might have been a maybe an outlier Mentak game too, because um, not only did I have Mirror Computing and all those trade goods, I had Airnam, Mirror, and Torcan. Oh wow, which was just three command counters right. I was going to get All for free mm-hmm. every round. I'm coming more and more around to resources don't matter if you can yeah. get. The meta game will support you in having a good trade game. Like if you just play trade a lot, that's your money. And if your pie slice is all influence, that's your command counters. Though That combo so far has felt better than everything else. Right. Any yeah. any other possible iteration. It's just yeah. like if I can get a bunch of command counters and then get all my money through trade, I'm sad. Yeah, because like you're saying, I mean, you, when when Imperials played, you need to have a strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, when when politics is played, if it, you need a, you need a good hand of action cards. Right. There's there's a lot of strategies you actually need to do throughout the the game that aren't just um, I don't know, tech. like war, tech or warfare. Right. See, I was uh, actually spending on. Uh, sorry, I was doing the secondary of politics quite often as extra and i would say because you didn't have neural motivator right so that's what i would say though is that if if you if you don't want to get neural motivator don't stress on it if there are other things that you need to get get it just know that it's going to cost you that the secondary of politics is important and you shouldn't skip it every time yeah the idea is you need to have a full hand of action cards by the mid game i didn't get um neural motivator but I did politics, like, all but one time. Yeah. And I felt pretty all right with that decision. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, if I'm not go- if I don't have time to get Neural Motivator, which I'm plenty of people would argue make time, like, get it, it's so good. But my thing was, if I had gotten Neural Motivator, I was doing politics enough that, like, taking politics for myself even, mm-hmm. that that is an, enough action cards to have Neural Motivator would mean I would have to then start discarding action cards. Like, I would be I would get, be getting too many and have more than seven, and I found myself like, I better just use one of these action cards right now so that when I draw, I'm not gonna go over my hand limit. I never wanted to exceed my hand limit and then have to discard a card. I would rather just play something at maybe not the most optimal moment, you know? A lot of times you want to save action cards until the very, very end. That's the power of a Sorrel, is, like, I can just hold it all and right. see what happens. Every other faction has to kind of consider, like, 
I should probably use this now because otherwise I'm just going to lose it when my hand limit gets exceeded. And I, I think that's a big deal. One, th- one thing that I did um, that I had fun with was uh, having uh, mirror computing and selling a sabotage for two trade goods. It was... Oh, right. Not, not selling the card to somebody, but just saying, I will sabotage this for you if you yeah. give me money. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a fun little thing to yeah. do with them. God, Mentac is... The way, the way you played Mentac was really cool. It actually... Is, I'm not asking for a lot from you, but mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot for me. Right. And I can just keep banking it. It was an interesting game because I think with different players, you may have had less success, maybe. Because uh, some people talk about the Mentac right. as like, yeah, people really, course. really hate them and will do a lot to hold them back. I mean, you were stealing from people constantly, all yeah. the time, always stealing. And some boards really do not let that slide. But it felt like we were all kind of just like, well, okay, here's the Mentacs, and that's, I guess, okay. Mm-hmm. I think that it was a testament to the power of Promise of Protection, though, because there were, that situation that you just described was impossible in that game because he never stole from me. So... Yeah. At, at the worst, even if everybody was like, I'm sick of the Mentac doing this, the the highest value trade partner at the table was always going to be down for a trade with you because I had promise of protection. I had nothing to lose. I think like you should give promise of protection to a high to, commodity value. To a high it's, commodity. And it was kind of yeah. like there, there's already nothing you can do about it. Right. It's just one trade good. It's just a, every time it's just one yeah. more trade good that I'm getting. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I already had eight, you know? And for the Mentac to give up Promise of Protection, I, I would have originally, when, I, when we first did I probably said, you know, I don't really like the idea of giving this out. But the more I've, even in my own Mentac games, like opted to not steal from people sometimes, just as a kind of meta, like, hey, come on, no, no, don't worry. Or, or more importantly, the opportunities where you're like, I will trade exclusively with you and I won't steal from you, yada, yada. If you have someone that you know you're going to be able to do that with consistently, giving them that Promise of Protection, protection guarantees you're going to get those trades every single opportunity whereas if you don't do the promise of protection they might be like i don't think i care that you're making that offer to me right now i would rather go elsewhere if the card is out there then it's done like written in stone i'll i'll say this though that um that uh promise of protection trade combo worked as long as i was the one playing trade yeah as soon as it was hunter that was playing trade he didn't want to trade with me I think that's just true of how the trade. I think the trade strategy card makes you the trade. Like you set the table for right. how it's going to work. And when Hunter would take trade, you would already have a ton of trade goods, and so it's like, why would I give him four four more, which equals eight more trade goods? Like, why would I do that? Right. I'm just saying, as as Mentech, don't expect your uh, your partner to um, want to help you out all the time. Definitely right. expect it to backfire. All right, well, let's, I feel like that's a pretty good summation of, of how that game went. Uh, we have a real episode for you, though, oh, today. Yeah. We're going to do, I don't, I don't know if I call this a roundtable or not, but we are going to, uh, this is a Galactic Council episode. We've been doing one of these a month so far, which is what we said we would do, so we're actually holding true to our Patreon promise. But uh, we are going to run through some agendas today, and by some I mean, I don't know, we're going to try to do all of them. We're going to try to do this fairly fast, um, but there's going to be some that we get hung up on. That Here are the goals of this agenda discussion. And this is kind of some of the things that the Galactic Council said they wanted to see out of an, a, a conversation about agendas in Twilight Imperium. First off, when do you um, want to keep an agenda in play? Like, okay, this is gonna this is gonna shake up the board in this way. So a lot of the way we're gonna be evaluating these agendas is 
if I'm in the lead, is this an agenda I would want? Versus if I'm in last place, is this the agenda I need to maybe shake things up enough to save me or whatever? Uh, additionally, the, the even bigger focus was people wanting to know which factions care about which agendas. A lot of this is going to be super situational, but we will try to point out when certain agendas are just like obviously good or bad for a particular faction. Uh, and then the last thing is a little bit of discussion about like when you play politics, how you want to think about the two agendas you're looking at. The main idea being there are some agendas where it is almost always better if you can slip it on the second position under something else. You know, there's, there are agendas where it's like, I would love it if some people have already burned some of their writers and their votes before we get to this really juicy agenda and I have the information going into it. Those kinds of discussions. So we're going to basically read a, all the agendas if we can. We'll see We'll see how long that lasts. But there's going to be a lot we skip to because there's a lot of agendas that are just like, yep, been there, done that. We, know, we already told that story. Um, but the idea being we'll try to evaluate all of those criteria with, with all these agendas. So you guys wanna you guys weren't ready to do this? Yeah, where where do we want to start? I think the speaker gets to read the agenda. Oh, okay, um, so let's go ahead and roll for speaker. <laughs> People, oh, they love it when we roll on this podcast. That's like their favorite thing. That was the most here. popular episode is the flagship episode. Yeah, here, let me get my dice. <laughs> All right. All right, uh, Alex, you I'm get to roll, roll a d twenty. All right, I'm gonna roll a d four. Uh, Alex, what do you want? Uh, Here you get you get I'll the one. I roll. I rolled an eighteen. <laughs> okay, I rolled a two. Three. Go. I rolled an ant. <laughs> All right, so Alex is a speaker. Yeah. If you'll read the first. No, I'll read the agenda. All right, I have them sitting here over by me. That was fun. That was really great, guys. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on Dice Time with Matt and Hunter and Alex. Yeah, the Tower of Dice. Thank you for joining us on the Tower of Dice. I'm Sam Healy, and my opinions about Twilight Imperium are wrong. Oh, Shots fired. Gauntlet thrown. <laughs> You're going to cut that out, right? No way. Oh, the Tower of Dice is coming for us. <laughs> All right, let's read that first agenda. Uh, let's let's kind of work our way, I think, into the crazier, uh, more more interesting stuff. I think we can knock a bunch of stuff out pretty quickly. Right. Um. So I've got these organized by, like, directives versus laws, and then by, like, voting style um so in case you're not as like well versed in exactly how agendas function because i know a lot of players there's one person who has the rule book and they know how to do things right. and then everyone else just kind of like okay yeah let's get through these so directives are one-time events that happen after the agenda is revealed when you resolve it it's done that happens um laws are the ones that stay in play throughout the entire course of the game mm -hmm. so let's do an uh, directive judicial abolishment when this agenda is revealed, if there are no laws in play, there's a lot of these, right? Things that affect other laws. Right. Uh, this one, you elect a law and you discard it from play. Um, this is a pretty nothing burger. Right. Half the time you don't do anything with it. Oh, I've seen it come out so many times and there's no laws in play, yeah. so it doesn't, nothing yeah. happens. It's, it's kind of a function of the flaw of agendas in TI4. Mm -hmm. I'm very glad that we don't do any agenda phases until the Mechatorex token gets taken because so often in TI3, you would get it around one agenda and it would just be like, ah, this completely changes the whole game and kind of right. ruins everything. Well, I have a game design... Uh suggestion but i don't know that i wanted to be on the show <laughs> <laughs> let's do it let's go ahead let's, this let's is a round table what, well, what's no your... i mean i we were we were talking about this and i was like i was thinking about cards like this and like how could we make them more interesting because it was a problem in ti3 it's yeah. a problem in ti4 so what if you just do it like public objectives 
There's a stage one agenda deck, stage two agenda deck, stage three agenda deck. Was it you that talked about this in the Discord? Because this has been a conversation that's been happening in the Discord about, like, there should be pre-Mechatol agendas and post-Mechatol agendas. That's exactly what That that is a conversation that's starting to happen, and and I agree. This should be a stage two. Yeah, there should be no no things that affect laws until laws are already in play. Yeah. There's judicial abolishment and there's miscount disclosed. Um, Miscount disclosed, you would re-vote on the law and... Judicial abolishment, you completely get rid of it. Um, man, I never care about these, to be totally honest. Because a lot of times, laws that actually come into effect are usually the ones where, like, eh, nobody really cared about it in the first place. Um, other laws, laws that people really care about, don't tend to stay. Like, the against happens if it's a if, if it's a for and against, and so then it doesn't stay. There's lots of things like that, so I don't know. I consider these two kind of dead agendas i i have a question actually for both of you before we move on how many times ha- in in twilight imperium have you seen a law actually get passed that is a detriment to a player that you that those would be really spicy to do like like how many times have you seen like a the law of the land really hurt one individual player or a couple players where they would actively be like, we want to get rid of that law. I can't think of a single instance where that has been important. The only theoretical time I could think of something is one of the minister laws gets in play, Mm -hmm. and it's with a faction that I'm especially afraid of. Let's say minister of war, the ability to pull a command counter and then do another action, like that's probably one of the most powerful ministers. If, if If my neighbor has that ability... I suddenly do want to get rid of that. But it's also worth noting there is an action card that lets you repeal laws as well. And, like, that is the easier way to do that. Provided it doesn't get sabotaged. Sure. So that's that's the the trade-off there. But then you're then you're providing also that the vote's going to go in your favor on these other repeal law. Right. Things. I think a cool uh, potential way that these could work is if you get do get a really... You play politics, you get a really juicy law that's going to really hurt someone. Make sure that it goes through somehow i don't know and then that's the next one and then you have saved all your votes and you can say i will get rid of this for you yeah if uh i get something for it right mm-hmm. right i i agree uh, with that i agree these laws a are lot of best... the time it just doesn't pan out that way yeah these are definitely best positioned underneath a, a first law i wouldn't put one of these on the top of the deck no some people try to put stuff like this, like these these nothing burger laws. People like to put those on the top of the deck so that it's like a burner law. Like, we will do one less agenda because there's such a boring nothingness. That's not how it reads. No, though, no, no. Right? no. I'm yeah. saying if there is a law but just nobody cares about discarding oh, it, I see. then these laws are like the ones that people put on top as a burner so that less terror. And that's the situation I would recommend these is like you're in the lead. The last thing you need is some crazy law to shake the game up. Put this on top. Because not only is it going to get rid of maybe some other law that is barely affecting you, but it's also keeping a second law from being read. Mm-hmm. And that, that feels pretty important. Let's move on. This is a big one. Uh, this, is, this is a law. Uh, both of those were directives. This is a law, though, and it's probably one of the most famous laws because of how complicated things get. Classified document leaks when this agenda is revealed if there are no scored secret objectives you discard it yada 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 but you're going to elect a scored secret objective the elected secret objective becomes a public objective and you place it near the other public objectives in the common play area uh some kind of rulesy things about this one when it gets if it gets repealed by one of these laws we just read uh the people keep their points mm-hmm. but they do not count 
as secret objectives for those players, so you are still allowed to claim three secret objectives in addition to that. It gets actually kind of money, and I'm even afraid to say anything too sure, because I forget kind of where all things have fallen, because the question then comes up, the owner of that secret objective that got elected, when it becomes a secret objective again, what happens if I've already scored a third secret objective? And I'm pretty sure Dane ruled, like, you will have a fourth scored secret objective, because there was a period in which it was a public objective. That makes sense. Right. Yeah, and, and, and especially with the confines of the rules being that, like, when something gets repealed or, like, when something goes away, you don't lose the points for it in almost any situation, unless the card explicitly says you lose the point. So, yeah, really, really interesting dicey agenda it's a part of the in general just kind of attitude of ti4 being that when you come to weird forks in the road like that the answer is most of the time yes instead of no right so it it is oh yep there's you get four um rather than no we're gonna take a point away from you three and only three right right I, I I just I like that attitude. I think that's the right attitude for. We've actually the that situation you described. I'm starting to feel now that maybe you weren't in the game with me, but we've seen that. We've actually seen. No, this... I've, I've been in a couple games with it, oh, and, okay. and then it gets repealed. Yeah, yeah, and then it gets repealed. We, it's like the game that... where we talked about that being a possibility, and then someone in the game was like, "I just want to see that. I I have that card. I want to see that happen. I just want that sounds fun to me." Yeah, <laughs> it was David S. Nor, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. Said that. I so, got rules. Um. Uh, what do you guys think about like timing of this one? Oh, I actually don't like it. I wanted to say that too. Yeah. Um, I I actually, if I had any control, um, I would not allow this to happen because what I've seen uh, happen with this particular law is everybody just elects a secret objective that would be really easy for them all to accomplish, yeah. and um, I am never, I'm never in favor of that. I'm never in favor of place. all the players the getting a free point, right? Uh, because I feel like not even just it's not even from a sportsmanship it's a strategic thing i, I don't, don't want people to get free easy right. points and exactly. even if i will qualify for the one free easy point i think it's in twilight imperium more strategically advantageous to make sure that people overall can't score than it is to let everyone score including me yeah yeah if i if i was speaker and i was in any kind of lead and i saw this i would burn it no way I'd throw it yeah. on the bottom pretty much every time i mean i'm saying even if i was in the herd or even in like towards the bottom i would be like nope also the last time this came up for me i was muad and i was behind and i I just needed whatever i could get Mm -hmm. and it was like a godsend yeah it's a good thing for people who are behind because like anything you can do to get more points on the board is good uh i'll say like faction wise uh i hate this for isarl Sar. Yeah. People who like capitalize on the fact that they are typically better at getting secret objectives, you should hate this, right? I mean, it's it, the last thing you need is for something that you were able to capitalize on and that, like, I got lucky that only I got this. You know, for PDS as Xcha, you don't need everyone else to be able to get for PDS. You're the PDS right. race. Like, let that be your thing. And, and yeah, I, I feel like this one should get burned more often. I think people like to put it on top because it's, like, dicey and crazy. And, and a lot of times people just like fun agendas. But this is one of those fun agendas that it's kind of like, ooh, it's a little too scary and, and can do more damage. If, if you've got to go to work in a couple hours, maybe <laughs> maybe put it on top. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think what I would like to see with this, when I've seen it come up a couple times. 
Um, I would like to see the players decide to elect an objective that shuts out a couple players. Like I've always seen, that's always how I've, it's always a very mm-hmm. peaceful law. It's Ew, always no, something that we can all do. Who's in like, the lead? What could they easily do? Okay, don't vote for that. Under right, no circumstances, a, vote for that secret but objective. Th- even still, it's if, hard to do. If they pick something that a majority of the players can do, I bet almost all of them can do it. Yeah, like definitely, the anomaly one comes right. to mind. Like yeah. So uh, we got four here in a row, and they're everybody's favorite research team, propulsion, cybernetic, biotic warfare. This is the elect a type of, they're all, three of them are elect industrial planets, and one is elect hazardous. That's a weird balancing thing to me. Um, But it's the ones where you attach the card to the planet, and the owner of this planet, when they research technology, they may exhaust the card, not the planet, but the card itself, to ignore a blue, yellow, green, or red prerequisite, uh, depending on the law. I have a question, Matt. Does this mean that they count towards that public objective for technology specialty planets? No, they are not technology specialties. (gasps) They're just a law that is attached to a thing. And more importantly, there's almost never a timing in which this comes up and someone is like, oh, just what I needed. That never, like, I've never seen this come out and it's like, I needed a blue skip and I have the planet and they're going to definitely vote for me to get it because I need, like, if someone needs it, they're the last person that are going to get voted to get it. So if we're going off your house rule thing, this is a stage one. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. This would, this would be great early. One of these came up yesterday and um, the possibility, it was a yellow skip and it, the, uh, one of the options was to give it to me. I had absolutely no use Mm -hmm. for it. I'd already gone down yellow. Yep. And that's it, almost always the case. That's what I see was like every time. It was like round four. Right. It needs to be round one or two if it's going to be useful. Yeah. Yeah. The, pro- the problem with this law is Mechatol hasn't been taken until round two or three. Yeah. In our game, three or four? No, it was three. It was three. It's not taken until round three, so people have already had three rounds of buying tech. By round four, when they're able to start using this planet... Yeah, they have gone down the road they're going to go down. Mm-hmm. You do not... You don't, like, go deep into red late game. If you need to go deep into red you are rushing for it. And beyond that, most people are staying shallow tech for objectives or like you start getting upgrades. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, maybe these are useful to get upgrades. Like, you know, you're able to get an upgrade you weren't previously able to get. If you if you were going blue and yellow and suddenly, you know, got the one that requires a green prerequisite, oh, cool, I can get like advanced fighters now. I guess that's sort of useful, but then it depends on the race if they even care about having advanced fighters. It seems like a bunk to me. I think that the only way it could have been cool i i think we we kind of nailed down the flaw is that by the nature of mechatol having to be taken it's going to come up too late almost in every situation but if it did the reason i asked that question at the beginning is because what i wish it did obviously is actually turn the planet into a technology special now it's a point meaning that it is useful for that one public objective that I mean, I feel like people struggle with a lot. It's Absolutely. A, it's one it's of the, the only, public objective. Yeah, it's one of the only ones that, like, only a couple people will get to score in the game. Almost every public objective. By the end, everybody scored them all. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, every time one of these comes up, this is my reaction. Can we just go ahead and start voting right now? Yeah. Because I don't care. I, there's almost no chance I'm even voting on this. Even, whether it's the first or second vote, my reaction is always, well, I, I literally am tuning this out. I don't, right. care. Let's, I don't let's, care. Let's make this go because we got eight more hours to play or whatever. That's true. Let's, in fact, <laughs> let's, let's do that right now. Um, so I, I've got a bunch more of these elect planets. Let's kind of run through. Let's compare all of these elect planets to those research teams, right? right? right. So, elected hazardous planet, this is core mining, elected hazardous planet, eat, attach this card to the elected planet's card, then destroy an infantry on the planet, but r- the resource value of this planet is increased by two. 
lose an infantry, gain two uh, resources. And if it's got a space dock there, obviously that's also boosting your production value by two. Same criticism, though. It would, would be cool early. Would make a difference early. Right. Not in, in, in round the late five. End. In round six, you're building like one more time ever. Yeah. yeah. It's not. It's it's not going to. How do you feel? I I feel the same way. I think the the if these came up earlier, especially if those were tech specialties, they could um, really drastically shift how you're expanding and mm-hmm. establishing yep. borders early. You care mm-hmm. about the traits of those planets even more outside of even the. Per yeah. planet trait objective it's like right. oh i want to get the stuff that gives me more resource value here's another one terraforming initiative hazardous planet the influence value and uh, resource and influence value of the planet are increased by one it's like you're giving me things that are only it's so it's the sarween tools problem i need something that is useful multiple times throughout the entire game if i get this in the second to last round i'm using it once or twice so okay this caught co- this agenda was worth two trade goods whoop dee dee whoop dee dee <laughs> um here's another this is the this is the inverse senate sanctuary cultural planet the influence value of the planet is increased by two probably even less useful than the production one right uh so these last two though this is where things i think get these are the crazy these ones. these get kicked up a notch demilitarized zone elect a cultural planet um attached to the planet then destroy all units on the planet. So this one gets targeted on people who have set up forward bases. Extra, any, look ex- out. Yeah. Uh, and then also, players' units cannot land, be produced, or placed on this planet. Ah, this is like one of my favorite agendas, yeah. to be totally frank, because there, there's... I remember a game... This is when you and I were neighbors. This happened. And it was... Um, I had Zobat, but you had taken control of it from me. And then this came up. And you and I had been just, like, fighting and couldn't come to an agreement on what to do with Zobat. And I was actually more willing to just be like, let's demilitarize Zobat so the two of us can actually draw a line in the sand. Right. And this this demilitarized zone did exactly that. It ended Hunter and I's war, pretty much, for, like, at least a couple rounds. Right. Like, it's, it cost me three resources, and that sucked. But I was happy to not have to sacrifice a bunch of units to keep up with battling Hunter anymore. Right. So locking... Yes, this destroys everything on a planet, but it locks it down for you. You will keep it forever. It's your yeah. planet now, yeah. and nothing can ever, ever change that unless this gets repealed. Uh, it's my favorite elect planet law by yeah, far. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, any any factions really care about this one? Important to them? Extra hates it, like you said. Right, you don't... It, the fact that it says units, the fact that it's going to affect, that it's going to be space docks, that it's going to be PDS, that it's yep. going to be your ground forces, uh, I think... What you lose is probably more than what you gain. I mean, anyone who's who who really needs that forward base for that wants a space dock and a PDS there, so that they can pump units into the center of the board. Well, Mentac could potentially be like that. They're they're they lean PDS a lot. Right. Uh, Ghosts is almost always going to have the forward base. I think this one has a weird relationship with Ghosts. Um, there, there's a there's a problem of which way is this one going to go. The, the thing I want to say about this card that I think would be great is, as ghosts, I would love to go where I'm not supposed to be, get a planet, and then be able to demilitarize it. And it's just like, look at what I sniped. Oh, yeah. right. The problem with that, though, is that's never going to happen. Right. No right. one's ever, unless you somehow gained an awesome uh, in, or uh, influence boost above everybody where you're going to be able to control this vote. You're never going to you're never gonna make that happen. This is almost always going to target a planet with a space talk on it. Right. You know, because who of what doesn't it does. care about this at all. Sar. 
Yeah, I mean, right. Sar, Sar- Arborek doesn't care. Yep. Why would they care? Yeah. It's just one planet, uh, you know? It's a planet they don't have to worry about anymore. Yeah, I, I, I think there are lots of interesting situations that come up with this card, yeah. to be totally honest. Yeah. It, it greatly depends on... This This is one, if I'm speaker, I probably put second. I don't want everyone voting with all of their political might yeah, in this yeah, one. That's true. If I'm speaker, I need to hold on to my influence, not vote in the first agenda, and control the demilitarized I honestly zone. wish it was more hardcore. I wish it was elect any planet. Right. It's only like, cultural planets. Yeah. So that's interesting. Some oh, people's yeah. pie slices are just like, I don't care. Uh, you can tune me out, whatever. Right. These are my favorite kind of agendas, though. Um, the ones that as soon as it comes up, it's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> even if it's not even if it's not going to target me, it's like, that's just brutal. Yeah. It's someone's like, getting hurt. Yeah. Uh, speaking of someone's getting hurt, Holy Planet of Ixth. Mm-hmm. Elect a cultural planet. This is a law. Attach this card to a planet. The planet's owner gains a victory point, but units on this planet can't use production. That's fine. I got a victory point. I'm pretty, pretty pleased as punch with that. And when a player gains control of the planet, he gains one victory point. When a player loses control of this planet, they lose a victory point. A planet is now an artifact from TI3. It has a point attached to it. I love it so much. It. It's why I loved artifacts in TI3. I love the board getting shaken up like this. I do think most often with this one, the board is able to agree on a planet that is like in a convenient spot to make this kind of genuinely useful. Right. We, we we screwed this up in a recent yeah. game. We completely <laughs> just re- we we gave uh, our friend Doug the win because we just didn't pay attention to like what would happen with this card, but uh, it's it's certainly um, it's one of the few agendas that truly changes the scope of the game. Yeah. There are other agendas in here that give someone a victory point, and if you attack them, you do something. But this one is like, no, no, no. We just made a planet that is in some ways as valuable as Mechatol Rex. We changed the center of the board. Right. And that it can be a big deal. It's worth noting that the two Alex Planet ones that we liked are both cultural planets. Like, yeah, cultural planets have some power yeah. to them. Much more so than industrial planets. Because all the industrial sure. planets are the tech things, and you're never going to get an agenda that works. And what, there's, there's only one elect hazardous planet, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Ah, hazardous planets, not so great. Well, the, the hazardous planets were the, the production-wise. One is hazardous, one is uh, yeah. industrial. Though. Yeah. All the, all, the, all the hazardous ones were planets that now get boosted resources or influence. Right. And that's, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So the hazardous ones are just worth the. They have the. They're the most money. They're already they're good. The most planets. money planets. Yeah. Uh, let's do. Let's do some more elect planets. But these are directives. These are one-time effects as opposed to these laws that right. stay in play. Colonial redistribution. Elect a non-home planet other than Mechatol Rex. Destroy each unit on the planet. Then the player who controls that planet chooses one player with the fewest victory points. That player may place an infantry from his reinforcements on the active planet. So we all agree to pull someone off a planet, but that person gets to choose who replaces them. Yeah. Uh, this one, more often than not, to be told, we had an interesting situation with this in yesterday's game, but more often than not, I see the planet that gets targeted already belonging to the player in last place, and it becomes nothing. It's, oh, we killed a ground force. He had two ground forces there. We're targeting that person's planet. They're going to put one ground force back. It doesn't do anything. There's a way out. And it's funny how often the board, like the table will decide to, uh, in a situation like that, just take the way out. And that's why that's any any agenda that's like that, 
it belongs in that second slot. You yep. need it to be that not everybody has full voting power yes, in order to make that definitely. effective. Because if they do, they are going to right. do that. I would say in general, people treat the agenda phase as crazy things can happen and we are all looking to make crazy things not happen. Yes, yeah, you're just can. trying to Unless prevent. it's like the last round of the game and there's one person racing for victory, that's the only time you actually want crazy things to happen. Right. And for most of the game, it's like, can we just mitigate disaster It's preventative. Here? Yeah. It's like real real world politics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, compensated disarmament elects any planet, destroy each ground force on the elected planet for each unit that was destroyed. The player who controls that planet gains one trade good. Can I say this? I feel like this comes up almost every single so game. So often. And especially if soul is in the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's always when Soul's in a game, this one comes up. But I can never tell if it's good or bad. Yeah. Like, I'm always like, all right, yeah, let's do it. It'll get... Wait, but then we'll give him some money. Here's, like, here's, I don't know. Here's the weird chance of this thing is it always tends to come up in, like, the last round. And if it's the last round, then it really is a debate because it's like, am I about to get jumped on? Do I need those infantry there? If this is, like, the round four thing and one person has a bunch of infantry on one planet, well, that's never going to happen because, like, of course I want the trade goods in that situation. Yeah. If it's round four and I can get four trade goods just for losing four infantry, yeah, I'll take the money because I'm going to replace those. I'm going to make that become eight right. dudes. Like, right. why wouldn't I want to do that? Right. That's so good. Um, I, I think um, I think this is another tricky one because I think it's another easy one to stop. Mitigate, yeah. You just pick a planet with no ground forces. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're just gonna we're just going to give that guy one trade good and he doesn't even seem upset about it. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It's like that's another one. Put it second. It needs to go when people aren't aren't at full voting strength because right. if they're at full voting strength, they'll just mitigate it. Yeah, it's easy to stop. Every time I've been in the situation to vote on this one, I can't decide if we're hurting or helping the yeah. player that we're thinking about doing it to. Right. Can I say one thing real quick? Yeah, I find that a lot of times people are at full voting strength on the second agenda because writers are being played all that's the time. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times writers get played or. If I mean, people are pretty smart about knowing if an agenda doesn't matter. It's not like someone's going to sacrifice two votes if it doesn't matter. So you see most people abstain. Like if the if the agenda matters to one person, they'll use all their votes, and then you kind of you kind of move on. Um, so it's it's a small point. I think it's still worth pointing out because sometimes it does it is important. But I, generally speaking, yeah, there's almost no way to stop it from becoming a boring outcome. Let's let's do a cool one. So I did want to point out um, that was all of the elect planet agendas mm-hmm. uh, there was also that elect scored secret objective but uh for all of those can i just point out writers equal bad no no writers we have not we've yet to read a good writer yeah. agenda uh, if you if you haven't already kind of like math this out you should never do an elect planet writer because right. and, unless unless it's like defensive you know people you absolutely know people will target that planet and you need to block it i wouldn't use your best writers i feel like almost any writer will convince people not to do the thing but like don't put your imperial writer on an elect planet because everyone will be like okay cool easy decision not to do it unless literally it is a situation of like if it's it's the last round of the game it's about to go into the last round of the game you need to hold that planet for one turn you're gonna have imperial you know something like that where it's like no i desperately need it you're gonna get the point either way you're gonna right and so um that's the only situation i would use a writer on an elect planet yeah so let's do some elect players. Uh, here's two. Here's two directives. Uh, archived secret. The elected player draws a secret objective. Okay. Great. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I like these the, uh, a lot more than others because oh, at yeah. least these aren't like the inherent balance of the game is at stake. This is just like okay, let's vote on kind of like a thing to have. A, this is the only time I feel like the mechanics 
of how influence and the game are supposed to work, this is the only time I feel like it actually works, where it's like, me having more influence means I should get more stuff out of the agenda phase. Right. This is that one situation where it's like, most people are just going to be like, well, Alex has 16 influence, we're not going to be able to outvote him, should we really spend all of our votes to outvote Alex and give someone else, you know, are we going to coordinate it an effort to give someone else a secret objective? Or are we just going to, or are we just going to let Alex spend like six votes and get it? Yeah. It's worth a command counter. That's right. all that's worth. Yeah. It's yeah. worth one command counter. Yeah. I think it's all, it's that like, late game. I'm happy as the speaker. If I took politics and I've got decent influence, I don't even have to have the most. If I'm just not starving for influence, I'll put that on top, right on top. Yeah. I'm probably going to get it. Mm-hmm. If I have, like, two influence, throw it on the bottom of the deck. Right. Don't, don't let anybody just get that. Yeah, just don't give it. away a secret objective. Yeah. If you're in a p- place of position, definitely do it. Also, I mean, I guess special recommendation of if it's early and you're a Sarl or Ghosts or Sar or someone who desperately wants to see more secret objectives, yeah, I mean, sure, definitely try to get it to yourself. But it's kind of a hard one to, like, make sure you will get it yeah so uh the other elect player directive one-time use thing is uh public execution the elected player discards all of his action cards if he has the speaker token he gives it to the player on his left the elected player cannot vote on any agendas during the agenda phase um that part of it is really weird the can't vote on any agendas during this agenda phase because if it's the second agenda that never even happens so who cares um i've never seen this card come up and the speaker doesn't get chosen right the speaker gets chosen or i think the the only other potential would be isarl right discard all isarl's action cards Uh, isarl certainly doesn't want this one to come up especially when they are speaker (laughs) there was a game that connor let himself get voted because he had the action card to deflect Because he it. had confusing legal text and right. he threw it on you. I believe that this is this is how it actually happened. We had a really, really long debate about it because uh, both Connor and Matt were in the lead. Mm-hmm. And we decided Connor was playing Soul. He was mm-hmm. doing really, really well. We ended up putting on him. He played confusing legal text and put it on Matt. The way this one kind of mistakenly can get used is... And I, I, I what I remember happening is that Connor was going to let someone get voted, and he wanted to make themself. There, there's a difference between I got voted and I now push this onto somebody else mm-hmm. versus I feel like what sometimes people want to see confusing right, legal right. text do, which is, okay, Alex got voted. I play confusing legal text so that I can get voted. That's not, that's right. not how that works, right. and that, that kind of breaks things. Uh, and that's what makes confusing legal text hard to play. Is makes like, it confusing. Yeah, yeah. how do you, that, how do you mean, assure This is, this is like the perfect situation this is the for right situation. confusing legal text. Um, if you, yeah, hold on to it so that when this comes out in your speaker, you don't get... <laughs> crushed i do think um the only situation you wouldn't vote on the the speaker for this one is if the person who's about to win would be giving the speaker token like if, if the person that the speaker token passes to is powerful is the yeah. leader right. okay of course you don't want to shift the speaker token to them right but man this is this is the perfect example of like the problem that ghost has the problem winu has where if someone can cheaply just crush one person they will do it because why not? Why not really hurt someone? So, so if you have the speaker token and this comes up, it's like you don't have much of an argument to stand on because everyone can very cheaply ruin your round. But what is um, brilliant but also never works with this is you choose to give yourself the speaker token before you look at the agendas. If you were able to give 
if you didn't take the speaker token and you gave it to the person on your right, <laughs> yeah, and then this was in there, you throw that baby right on top because you're going to now get the speaker token. And right. whatever deal, like, th- we talked about this with the ghosts, right? The ghosts, round one, I'm going to offer you speaker tokens so that you'll put my Krios IFF somewhere. Here you go, buddy, to my right. If you can control it, you can't. This is impossible right. to actually yeah, get any control over. Yeah. But there is a situation where you can give that to someone, get something for it. Hey, I'll give you speaker token for six trade goods. Then the agenda phase comes up. I get speaker token back. You lose all your action cards. And I earned six trade goods out of the deal. I mean, right. that is devastating. My point, though, of course, being that if you are the speaker, you, you have it. to throw that on the bottom. Because you will get voted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's no, there's no question. Honestly... Because of the way all of that works, confusing legal text should never be read, except for at random. Like, it's it's the random draw from the top. But yeah. you, you should never see public execution be put on top. That is no, insane. No. Uh, all right, we got some more elect player laws. We got a lot of these. We're going to try to... Um, we'll go through them faster. We'll go through them faster. Um, there's let's, let's start with this. There's all the ministers, right? We have a bunch of ministers. There are seven ministers. There's Minister of Peace, War, Industry, Policy, Sciences, Exploration and commerce each of these ministers you elect a player and we're going to give them a recurring ability throughout the entire game Mm -hmm. so i say we run through basically all of these as fast as possible yeah and compare them back to back um minister of peace um after a player activates a system that contains one or more of a different player's units the owner of this card may discard this card immediately end the active player's turn i really like this i remember this one being kind of confusing too there i feel like at one point we had the notion that it was you cannot be involved in the thing like it's two completely different players turns but i think that got ruled to be incorrect it's it's just as long as you're not you can't do it to yourself but you can do it to someone targeting you right which I think the alternative would be more fun. As long as you aren't involved at all, you can call off a fight. Right, because then it's just something you can bargain. Yeah. Like, you can be like, pay me and I will end right. this. Um, you said these are recurring. These are one-time use. Well, some of them are recurring. Oh. There are some that are infinite abilities. This, right. there, there will be ones that say, discard this card. And so this, this one is a law that stays in play, and you get to choose when you do it. You right. will discard it. So this you is a one-time it. use. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I do love this one, too. I mean, it is it is nullification field. Yeah, essentially. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a voted nullification field. If you give this to an extra... Well, you shouldn't give it to an extra. Yeah, you should never give, <laughs> this, should to never give this to an extra. <laughs> They're already the Minister of Peace, and you're going to make them an unstoppable, formidable oh, yeah. stonewall. Yeah. Right, right. There's no... Yeah, don't uh, do that. Minister of War, the owner of this card, may discard this card after performing an action to remove one of his command counters from the game board and return it to his reinforcements. Then he may perform one additional action. Hugely powerful. Maybe the most powerful minister. You can do two actions back-to-back and do the war. It is an equivalent of doing an action, playing warfare, and having fleet logistics all in one. Doing three actions. It is insane. If you also have fleet logistics... This is like insane. It completely off the wall. Oh my god! Yeah, game maker. Yeah, I mean, imagine that, if you had fleet logistics and warfare <laughs> and that, and you're just like, <laughs> how many turns is that? You you could do, you could. Well, it's three, three turns. Could you, you do four? No, you couldn't do four because because pulling the warfare token would be a a thing in itself. Like yeah. playing warfare would be a thing in itself. But you could have done an action, <laughs> pull it, do another action. <laughs> Then play Warfare to pull it again, and then on your next turn, move that fleet the third time that round. Just crazy. Who uh, who wants this? Sarl. Sar would love it. Sar would love it. 
Uh, I mean, on, I mean, honestly, anybody wants this because yeah, even same reason like warfare is pretty good. Like it also just opens up your production abilities. Mm-hmm. This one, if you're about you're the minister of war, but let's say everyone's coming at you. Okay, I build in my home system, activate minister of war, pull the command counter, move all of my ships out, build in my home system again. Right. Like it's good for those those plays that you need to make for your secrets. Yeah. But you need to you need for not anyone to catch on to the fact that you're about to do a secret. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um Arborek it would be cool with because uh, any it, basically any uh whenever you have like with Sar and Arborek their activation in and of itself is a lot of different things yeah. that happen in that in that space. Yeah. Um any race that has that going on for them is going to yeah. get a lot out of it. I I'll say this one. I feel like this is a pretty hard one to control. These superpowers mm-hmm. agendas they always go to the person in last place. Right, that's so true. So by the end of the game, no, one, very rarely are people actually making game-winning plays with this solely because the person who gets it is not in a position to make game-winning plays. Right. Um, I think that's what happens more often than not. I would love to someone please send us a play of the week <sighs> where you use Minister of War. I just want to hear about it. I just want to hear what cool things yeah. you did with Minister of War. Yeah, please, please, please. Um, Minister of Industry... Uh, this is the worst one. We just did the best one. This is the worst one mm-hmm. because because of unit limitations. When the owner of this card places a space dock in a system, his units in that system may use their production abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to use construction, and then you get to build. That's great. That's cool. But depends on if you're gonna get that other space dock. It incentivizes you to get another space dock on the board. How, would this apply to? Yeah. Okay. So Doing the secondary works too. Oh, right, right. But also, I was going to say, this could be cool for an Lizics. L1. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. because you're replacing it with your own. Oh, but they could already do you're that. You're already doing they that. They could so already do that, L1. That's could. why it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, okay. So Lizix could matter. care less about this one. Yeah. Eh. It's not great. No, nah, it's not great. It can be useful, and especially, again, in the situation where this goes to the person in, like, dead last, I think they're usually happy to have it, because one of the things they're probably in dead last with is, like, their fleets kind of suck right now, and, like, the ability to get... One more production in there is great. The thing is, I mean, it's not like it's granting you any free money. It's just like, no, you you have to spend the money that you have. And so timing it out is also tricky. Like, right. okay, I'm going to build that space dock. Is that even where I want my units? Is that where I need... It's, it's a tough one to use, Yeah, I will say. Minister of Policy, at the end of the status phase, the owner of this card draws one extra action card. Nice. This is a continuous effect. So Neural Motivator. Right. It is Double. Neural Motivator. Double Neural Motivator. You give this to Asarl. They get to draw four action cards. Don't give it to a Sorrel. Don't give it to a Sorrel. Ever. Sorrel. Don't well, ever do that. Hey, I don't know. No. If, I, if I'm playing a Sorrel, maybe give it to me. No, don't. If, I might well, want it. Hey, actually, if I'm playing a Sorrel, give it to me. No, 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 no. When I'm playing a Sorrel, maybe give it to hey, me. Hey, hey, you should give it to me. I, I Hey, I'm playing a Sorrel. Give it to me. Hey, Alex, when you're playing a Sorrel... Do you want the Minister of Policy? Yeah, give it to me. Okay. Oh, look. we should give it to Alex. We should give it to Alex. He made a really strong. He's playing case. Isaro. <laughs> uh, we've got the we've got the Minister. <laughs> oh, uh, actually, I wanted to say one thing. Uh, that to me, uh, that one, the Minister of Policy, because that that can be really. That's a really really. There's that's actually a pretty cool Minister ability. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um. However, uh, if it's late game. Probably don't, ain't got kind time for that. Yeah, right. Uh, it should be a stage one. Yep, if we're going to do the stage right. one and stage two, right. that should be a stage Hunter's one. Hunter's into his uh, his new homebrew variant. I mean, I'm into Alex's home. It was Alex's <laughs> idea. It was my idea. It was a completely original idea. 
Alex uh, trademarked it. Uh, Minister of Sciences, the owner of this card, resolves the primary or secondary ability of the technology strategy card. Uh, sorry, when they do this. They do not need to spend resources to research that technology. This is like a Jolnar light. Right. Just you're getting some you're get you get free tech when you get tech. This is the story of a tech. You, Keep going. No, no. <laughs> no, no. Keep going. <clears throat> uh, who who drowned the neural and tried <laughs> to have more? <laughs> I don't know. All right. We're, we're moving on. What were you going to say, Alex? I mean, I don't know. That's a, it, It's a, definitely a stage one because it's more powerful. Right. Yeah, it's I, a stage one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, free two free tech when you play tech. When you play the primary. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. yeah. Definitely better for the tech holder than it is for people who are trying to do the secondary. Um, and still, it's nice. Just pay one command counter. Yeah. Is it research or get? It's when you do the... When you research. Uh, oh, okay. You, when you it's, research, you do right. not pay. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's another one that it's like, it's going to go to the person who tech isn't helping them anymore anyways. Yeah. You know? Also, late game, it might... Like, I always find, like, towards the end of the game, most of the time the players all have the tech that they want and yeah. they're there's none they're not even one this one is probably else. harder to like get the table to agree on someone so i will say that yeah. this one's probably one that just like whoever decided to commit the most for themselves will get it it's More like contentious. Eh, i'll throw six at myself and everyone else is like well i'm not gonna do seven for myself and i don't see a need to give it to anybody else the only situation like you block someone is they're one tech away or two tech away from a stage two objective that get you know it's like it's just like you have to prevent that so okay we won't obviously vote for them but basically anybody else can if get they're it. one tech away they're getting it they're getting it you're, you're already, already getting doomed. it they have the money yeah uh minister of commerce after the owner of this card replenishes commodity he gains one trade good for each player that is his neighbor this one came up in our game uh never saw it get used yeah hmm i just think it's a little too conditional a little too conditional especially with our play group and how kind of we do the thing where we shoehorn trade almost every time. Yeah. It's hard. To, it's actually, in our group, kind of hard to replenish commodities. I mean, if you are in a position, this is a decent one. Like, if you have a lot of neighbors, this is now when I would start to consider using the secondary of trade. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to be replenished so, for free. I will now, it's worth it. I mean, I'm going to get maybe four trade goods plus refreshing my commodities. That's something that I've been wanting to say on mic for a minute. I think we're getting to a place with the meta, at least in our personal group, mm-hmm. where I am more and more starting to consider actually spending the yep. the command counter Insert necessary into the to get my commodities. Yeah, we act like, we, it feels like we've acted like for so long that if you don't get picked, you don't get to trade. And it's like, no, 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 no. Well, early rounds, it, uh, I mean, it kind of... It costs a lot. No, round one, you're never going to do it round one. And I'm not though? suggesting that. But mid game, round sure. four, if you have a if you have a pie slice like you had where you're getting a bunch of extra command counters, yeah, I might throw one if, if I know I'm going to get a deal out of it. I would not spend it unless you know who you're going to trade with beforehand. If you took leadership round one and you don't need to spend those command counters on a public objective, yeah, do it. You could upset someone pretty bad. If you've got someone like Hunter... Who's going to want to have all the trade goods for himself? Yeah, I'm the only one who wants to have the trade goods for himself. That's true. That's part of just me. It's just Hunter. Uh, and then the last minister is the SAR ability. When the owner of this card gains control of the planet, he gains one trade good. I see this one the most often. Yeah, it's I like, see it the most often. I and I also see it as one uh, should be stage one. Because stage two, it's completely useless. Because how many planets are people really taking at the end of the game? This one, this is... This is one of those ones where I roll my eyes and say, I don't care. 
yeah. give it to anybody. It almost always comes up too late where it's like, yeah. well, yeah, they already took all the ding dong. Yeah, okay, planets. this is going to be worth two trade goods for whenever somebody, somebody takes something. Yeah. Yeah. I just do not care. Yeah, I hope you guys take that stage one, stage two thing we're saying is just more of a like, we mean it's better if it comes up early yeah. versus late. Yeah. Um, and for some of them, early means there is no such Impossibly thing. Impossibly early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not doing it round one or two, so it's not going to happen. Um, because I refuse to accept a world where someone takes Mechatorex on round one. Yeah. I don't live in that reality. Yeah. How you how you do that? With sacrificing how do, how do everything do that? that you have. All right, let's move how on. How do you do that? We got, we got these elect players. Are you guys ready? Let's do some laws, some elect player laws. There's a this, lot of elect players. This is where stuff gets... A little juicy. Um, we've got... Actually, this one's not the juicy one, so I'm going to read it first. Committee formation. The elected player gains this card before players vote on an agenda that requires a player to be elected. The owner of this card may discard this card to choose another player to be elected. Players do not choose. Do not vote on this agenda. This is a good stage one one. Let me say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing legal text. The, the, the agenda. The agenda. Um, fine. I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about it, honestly. I love having it. I mean, yeah. What's nice about this one is... The uses of it are not, like, always immediately clear. A lot of people are easily able to just be like, ah, I guess I don't really care. And then the next agenda comes up and it's Shard of the Throne. And you're like, ah, I wish I'd gotten that stinking, like, you know. The the, cha- the times come up when this is, like, a really useful. If you're playing with a bunch of new players, I would definitely be like, hey, give this to me. It's not a big deal. There's not really any cool elect player <laughs> stuff. That'd be, like, people. a good... Yeah. Oh, I forgot. We never recommended that in the podcast. You should manipulate the people that you're playing with. (laughs) Also, give me committee information. It's fine. (laughs) Give it to me. Um, Let's do Imperial Arbiter. Elect a player. At the end of the strategy phase, the owner of this card may discard this card to swap one of his strategy cards with the other player's strategy card. This is... Say it for me, Hunter. Quantum Data Hub node. Thank you. I can't ever say it on the first try. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, this is hugely powerful. Oh, yeah. It rules. Um, Especially because... Uh, so like I, win you the game. I, and, and and very specifically, there's no bad timing for this one to come out. Mm-hmm. This is because if you're in the agenda phase, you're already about to start a new round. And getting this will, even if it's round seven, like this coming up in round seven agenda phase means whoever gets this will probably win the game. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to get whatever strategy card they want. And what do you do against that? If you get it early, though, I would encourage you to save it as oh, long yeah. as possible. You hold it until it wins you the game. Yeah. Yeah. Until you feel like you're on the last round, yeah, that's when you should use it. I mean, Winu wants this. We're talking about a lot of stuff. This is, this is a wild card. This is a Galactic Council episode. They go all over the place. Uh, yeah, Winu wants this. Winu wants this bad. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Soul wants this bad. They took Mechatol. They just would love to Anybody score one more. Anybody who's got Mechatol, Mechatol wants it right. real bad. Of course. Um, all right, let's, let's do some more of these crazy elect players. I want to do... Uh, <laughs> This one's fun. Uh, Prophecy of Ixth. Every time this comes up, I think it's the other Ixth. Yeah, agenda. we all ever, so every, every time, time. Prophecy, someone goes Prophecy of Ixth, and I audibly go, "Oh no!" And then they read the ability, and I go, "Oh wait, this is the dumb one." Uh, the dumb <laughs> one is the owner of this card applies plus one to the result of his fighter's combat rolls. When the owner of this card uses production, he discards this card unless he produces two or more fighters. Great for Nalu, but Nalu's never gonna get it. No one would ever in their right mind give this to Nalu. Yeah, unless you're dumb. <laughs> Alex, are you dumb? Would you give this to Nalu? Uh, no, but if I'm Nalu, please give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, give it to Let's give it to Alex. Let's give it to Alex. Let's give it to Alex. We are getting to a point in this episode where we have, we're yeah, making the same I, arguments over I mean, and over again. I, there's something about these elect player cards that if you happen to be playing that faction and this card comes up, you should do 
even if you're not going to get it, make everyone pay for yes. you to not get it. That's an important there point we haven't touched go. on yet. You are the threat of getting it, and you should make that threat obvious. Like, so even if you're... If Just you're accept the, you're probably not going to get it. Right, but be the second person to vote. Okay, uh, 11 votes uh, for me, and then the, uh, the rest of the table has to sacrifice votes for the next... Yeah. And this is a great one to have on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things like this are great ones right. to have on top. You know, this this if you happen to be this is so situational, but if you happen to be that faction, you happen to play politics and get that one, put it, put on, it top on top exactly. because you're voting last. Yep. Mm-hmm. So everyone will spend their votes and then hopefully you got a juicier thing on bottom. Yeah. Right, right. I don't know. That's the perfect situation. Mm-hmm. It's never going to happen. Definitely. The Crown of Thanlos. That sounds familiar. Is there a, is there some sort of character that is almost who is Thanlos? Is it a Game of Thrones thing? No. Uh, no, I think that is a character in Fortnite, actually. Oh, you're right. It's that Fortnite guy. Yeah, that Fortnite it's guy. It's the purple buddy. Yeah, what? Has anyone noticed this purple guy in Fortnite? Have you guys been playing Fortnite? Because there's this we like, purple haven't, guy. We haven't, and we're just like taking a random stab at I've a thing we've heard. I've noticed there's this purple guy, and he's friends with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> he's friends with the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this purple guy, friend of the mouse in some way. Is he from an old Mickey cartoon? The purple. It's it's the steamboat from Steamboat Willie. Oh, so the steamboat <laughs> becomes a cosmic deity of sorts. What does he do? I'll tell you what the steamboat does. Uh, so um, he kills <clears throat> half of humanity. Sorry, this is an- and half of all of the mouse's properties. This is, and you're sitting there and you're like, wait, wait, <laughs> what? What? And then you look around and the kids are crying. Yeah. All right. So uh, the crown of the purple steamboat elect player, the elected player gains this card during each combat round. The owner of this card may re-roll any number of his dice. He must destroy each of his units that did not produce a hit with its re-roll. I will never use this ability. I will not risk it. The same reason I choose to never go through gravity rifts. Um... It, it is only good with War Sons, and even then the risk is too high. Yeah. It's like, yeah. there's no way. I'm not... It would. I mean, it would be a good thing to get early and never use. Right. And then use when you need it. Right. The one time it is like the clutch play, but boy howdy. Uh, this is one is interesting because I don't think anybody actively wants this. Yeah. Nobody... This one, you might get for one vote. Hey, let me... Let, let me... Hey, I would... I, if, it, if no one wants it, I will take it. Because it... It may be useful. It might come it's, up. so crazy. It, it may be round seven, and I'm trying to bombard the last of someone's ground forces, and I don't care if those dreadnoughts are going to be destroyed. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Well, it's during a combat round. It's very exclusively oh, a during combat a combat round. round. Okay. It's not during bombardment. What's so funny about this one is it feels like one of our audience agenda. Like, it feels like a thing <laughs> that our crazy fans would have written of like, what if this wild things happen? And the result is, well, no, no one's going to do the wild thing, so right. well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that one's just too crazy to. Ever... I think I think if if we're staying on our stage one, stage twos, I think this would be a really funny stage one because then like, just really have it early all game. you have it, and the whole time you're just like, I guess I could do this at some point. It's <laughs> crazy though. It would be it would be really fun if this was the first one and it got given to a player, and then at the end of the game, this was the thing everyone that they had forgot to they had it right, and it's like. If I'm I... going to spend my crown now. <laughs> <laughs> my crown of purple steamboat. All right. Uh, now for the crown of Amphidia. There are two more that we're doing here, and these are the two, like, 
Mama, mama, bubba. Oh, mama. Uh, <laughs> elect player. The elected player gains. Well, this... wait, you didn't read the title. This is the Crown is of it? Amphidia. The Crown of Amphidia. Elect player. The elected player gains this card and one victory point. <gasps> That's what the point of the game is. A player gains this card and one victory point after he gains control of a planet in the home system of a card's owner. Then the previous owner of this card loses one victory point. <gasps> Demonstrably worse than the Shard of the Throne. The elected player gains one victory point. The player gains this card and one victory point when he wins a combat against the owner of this card then the previous owner loses one victory point so one you have to lose a planet in your home system the Hard. other one you just have to lose a fight it's weird i like both of them i love i, I would love both of them to be in the same game all the time yeah. yeah yeah i want this to just be a thing that definitely happens every game yeah shard of the throne is weird because it's gonna get buck wild like yeah it's good it's and that's the thing i I always want twilight imperium to be buck wild yeah (laughs) especially late game i always feel like late game what happens is there are all these dominoes set up and you you don't always see them all come crashing down in fact you don't really you don't you don't see it a whole lot i I feel like in the game that we played yesterday oh i guess i can't really make a reference to this because i don't want to do any spoilers i will i will in a in a non-specific way in a vague way i will say in the game that we streamed the other day um, there were a lot of things that could have come crashing down, and then it never really happened, and it, we never really saw fire right. in the galaxy. Even with our audience agendas that we intentionally made to be crazy, we got some of our like least least yeah. impact. Can I say this about Shard of the Throne? I would like to do a stream someday where we do that before the start of round one. <laughs> where we do what? We vote on Shard of the Throne with no influence, Ooh. and we just eat, everyone gets one vote, and we vote on someone oh. to get Shard of the Throne, and it's in the whole game. Twilight Imperium deathmatch. Yeah, it's just exactly it's Twilight Imperium deathmatch. There's just this point that is always floating out there, and like, because that's the thing. I I was just thinking, I don't feel like I've ever seen the Shard of the Throne come up early to where it like really causes no, a it's, bloodbath. It's like, it, it like always happens late. Where it would actually give someone the win a right. lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, it's always like, the uh-oh, if whoever we give this to, it might determine absolute victory. Like, and I would rather have it all game be this consideration that everyone is constantly dealing I with. I don't... The first game I ever played of 4th edition, it came up in when everyone was around 5. Wow. See, and that's it was, yeah, that's yeah, good. It was that's great. It was great. Have we ever talked about that time that Connor uh, played Confusing Legal Text and he didn't know how it worked? <laughs> was and that then, on Shard of the Throne? Which, was it that? was a victory point one. It probably was Shard of the Throne. No, wait, wait. That's the whole thing is it wasn't It wasn't a lot player. It was yeah, something else. It was, it, yeah, I don't remember which one it was. We'll figure it out. We'll get to it. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It, the law wasn't exclusively for a victory point. It was giving someone something that would allow them to have that victory point, I believe. Yeah. I don't remember. Who cares? Let's do unconventional measures. We're getting into the for and againsts now. And now it's worth noting, we've done all these other agendas. Now you may start using, using your writers. This, right. is the par- this is the part of the show where writers are relevant. Again, I mean, you could use riders on elect players, but it's more of a defensive tactic rather than a, you will actually get the reward that you're looking right. to get. Right. Uh, unconventional measures. Four. Each player that voted four draws two action cards. Yum. Against each player that voted four discards all of his action cards. I'll say this much about this agenda and agendas like it. Um, it is an automatic repeat as in, I'm going to have to read this twice to everybody because people <laughs> thought they were listening to a normal agenda, and then I finished reading it, and they go, wait, wait, what? Say that again. I'm sorry. You got to do that. <laughs> and, and so let's do it again for you listening at home. <laughs> Unconventional measures. Directive four. Each player that voted for 
draws two action cards. So if the four passes, everyone who voted for gains two action cards. So if the whole group just agrees, everyone put one vote for, we will all get two action cards. Mm -hmm. Against, each player that voted for discards all of his action cards. So if the against, ha if, if five of us all put in one vote for, and then the, and then speaker. the speaker goes six votes against, everyone loses all action oh, cards. That's like, I want that to happen. Except the speaker. Except, Except the speaker. Right, right. The person who... So, um, this one gets really tricky, and I love it. I love that what usually ends up happening is, like, two or three people put a bunch of votes in four, but they were, like, late, like the first person abstains, because they're just like, I don't even yeah, want to go wanna there. Yeah. The second person is like, uh, okay, six votes for... And then the next person is like four votes against, and it's just like it's like every turn. This is when I love that the agenda phase happens sequentially. Right, the order matters so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this one would be crazy to happen simultaneously. If you if you did a simultaneous vote on this, that is terrifying. Dude, you would be crazy if you're the first vote to just be like four. Right. I'm in it. Yeah. Like, unless you're no. unless you're putting everything in, but like, are you gonna really do all of your votes for two action cards? then it would Probably be so not. juicy to like yeah. just against the person even if it costs a bunch of votes just to make one person discard their whole hand is yeah. like really worth it juicy yeah. love it love it um all right uh seed of an empire this is this is it this is the one actually seed of an empire is the connor goof em up okay so Let's seed of an it. empire directive oh yeah for the player with the most victory points gains one victory point pretty much exclusively if you have nine victory points and four happens you will win against the player with the fewest victory points gains one victory point i'll say this much i don't feel like seed of an empire should ever have the four happen it just yeah. shouldn't because the board should recognize that it's not good to give the person in the lead a victory well point. i mean this is like the classic you played politics you want everyone to expend their votes on the first one right if you can pull it off yeah. then you want this one on the bottom yeah because you you want to be Might able be to control only. i'm just going to get this point right right now. if yeah. you if you get a crazy juicy agenda alongside this one you put the crazy juicy one on top and like make it seem like it's do or die for everyone to do that one and yeah. then you have seat of an empire in your back pocket send us a play of the week where somebody successfully That's got the four to pass for themselves like, here okay i've got i'm gonna do a play of the week real quick all right <clears throat> all right um Isarl is at i don't know nine points <laughs> and um we have a friend named connor and he's at the table <laughs> and um everyone realizes that if we vote for Isarl will win the game so uh, everyone is voting against and then when it comes to connor's turn he decides that he wants to vote a hundred votes four which will just give them the game i freak the hell out live on camera to the world so everyone could see how salty of a little baby i can be mm -hmm. and um then we finish the agenda and i'm like why did you do that connor why did you do that and connor goes mm -mm, confusing legal text on an agenda that is a for or against not an elect player and also not the way it works <laughs> If he had just voted against, he would have gained a victory point. Right. In his mind, he was blocking the ability because someone put an imperial rider on this. This was the this was the point. Someone put oh. an, someone put an imperial rider against. I always forget about that. And part. so Connor didn't want anyone to get a point. 
but he didn't understand but how cards work. He got confused by the legal text. <laughs> <laughs> and so goes the story of how we will never forgive ever. Connor. We will never, ever let it go. Alex, ever. you played lots of games with Connor. Is there ever a reason to forgive Connor for anything? Yeah. But okay. <laughs> Well, that's just get out. get out, get out, we're done, this is over. We there stopped. was a time before Twilight Imperium what? when we were playing Rift. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, wait, whoa, wait. What? Let's allow it. There was a time, okay, go ahead. We were playing, this was before we had the, the light of Twilight Imperium Ooh, in our lives. I'm trying to imagine that world, and it's just so hard. The great dark of um, Risk and Access and Allies. Yeah, okay, go ahead, go ahead and tell me about this Risk. Long ago, before times. <laughs> Um, we were playing Risk. We were several hours into a game. I was winning. Um, there was a, um, we were playing at a friend's house who they ran a daycare out of their house. And, um, there was a box of children's toys next to the table. Connor is losing the game. He picks up a plastic dinosaur and makes it rampage all over no, the wrist board. Oh, Connor. And you said you would forgive him? I, I mean, I forgave him. Wow. I, then I started playing Twilight Imperium with him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Swords to Plowshares. Directive. Four, each player destroys half of his infantry. On each planet he controls rounded up, then each player gains trade goods equal to the number of infantry that were destroyed. This is just like that other agenda yeah. from earlier. Against each player, places one infantry from his reinforcements on each planet he controls. Uh, pretty tough one. I feel like against happens more often than not. Yeah, it's, it's the safe bet. Uh, soul. It's another one where I can't decide though this if is, it hurts. Well, or this not. is yeah, especially with soul. Soul is just like, dude, either way, yeah. come on. Like, yeah. I, I abstain because just whatever, do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm not even sure. The problem with that one is I'm not sure what factions they were meaning to target with right. that idea. Yeah. That's the thing I don't get. Right. Well. To that end, because I feel like there's not much to cover there, I do have an agenda here that we know. Uh, Does target. Yeah. 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 So this one is called Wormhole Research. Directive for each player who has one or more ships in a system that contains a wormhole, not an alpha, not a beta, any wormhole. That Delta, includes... <gasps> that includes... <gasps> may research one technology, then destroy all ships in systems that contain an alpha or beta. Oh, okay. But... Ghost is going to get a tech out of this. Regardless. No every time. Uh, against each player that voted against, removes a command counter from his command sheet and returns it to reason reinforcements. This one sucks because there's no reason to vote against. No. At all. No. There's no reason You're going to gonna lose a command counter if you want this one to not pass. So this one is, hey, ghosts, do you want to lose a bunch of ships or do you want to lose a command counter? Or... I guess command counter. If I don't know, I, I mean, there there is a possibility that there are so many people in wormholes Maybe. with the ghosts that like, they, they you got so many. But people the thing is, when there's a bunch of people in wormholes, now, no one is losing that much. Yeah, that's true. It's really spread out. It's just a couple. But of most of the time, it's ghosts has something in almost every wormhole, and it's like, okay, hey, do we want to turn ghosts off? Do we want to make them not exist anymore in this game? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is, I hate this agenda. Yeah, it's a bummer. It came up one time, the first time you played Ghost, or was it the first time? It was the first time I played Ghost. The first time you played Ghost. And it Ghosts came up came on up. the first agenda. It was crazy. It was just, I mean, you were done after that. Yep. Like, it it completely it destroyed over. your game. I would, I would almost go as far to say, we, we were going to say we would maybe try to do this, uh, if it ever came to a point where we decided we wanted to start culling the agenda deck, we wanted to start pulling some stuff out mm -hmm. just to make it a spicier deck as a whole, 
this would be one of my first ones to go. At the very least, if Ghost is in the game, pull this out, because that's just straight up unfair. Yeah, there's literally no way for the ghost to... Ha- there's no contingency you could possibly have that would... Unless you have this. more votes than the entire board combined. No way. Because no one is... This is another situation where the entire table will go, oh, we can completely destroy ghosts right now, and it will cost us nothing. And so th- that's the other thing that's a problem with it, too, is that it's if, if you're the ghost, obviously, and you take politics and you see it, you want to burn it, of course, yeah. duh. If you are any player that is not the ghost and you see that... You are pretty much always going to be like, yep, we're Put doing that, that right on top. So there's a lot of players that are not the ghosts. There's yeah. only, just quick math real quick. There's only one player that's playing ghosts, if there is any. Are you sure? Yeah, that's how it works, math okay. out. This is, sorry to get so technical with you guys. Um, so that means there are five players that aren't the ghosts. If you're keeping up. Uh, so if any of them take politics and see this, like that's a pretty high chance, actually, that this agenda is going to end up in like in play. Because there are, that's a lot of eyes that if they see it are going to say yes. I'm and having only, I'm having war flashbacks. And I everyone has on. two eyeballs. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, let's do um, this other victory point one. I adore this one. Mutiny for each player that this voted for so gains a victory point against each player that voted for loses a victory point. This another, might be my favorite. Another actually. situation where just like the votes get crazy. This is one of those ones where I go. Uh, like in TI3 we had this rule where the speaker token I I can't remember if this was actually based on a real rule or if we just made this up but we had the rule of when the speaker bangs the gavel everyone shuts up and we vote nothing else gets said I wish we still did it that way it it made things go faster yeah it was helpful for that point we got all our talking out I know. Yeah. Alex is going to no, buy it. No, I, I, I brought this up recently, and um, I don't think that's actually a rule. No. But I've, I've always played that way. Speaker calls a vote, right. and that's it. Right. No you more table voting. talk. Table so talk is over. If it, when it gets to your vote, you cannot see, you can't ask people what they're saying. Right. So the be- this is this would be the best agenda for that. And a lot of times, it's how I feel about this agenda is like, we can't talk about this. We just have to see how the votes start to shake out. Like, there's nothing to say here. I mean, obviously, like, everyone would want to vote for, but then the second one person votes, like, one vote for, then think, like, it immediately becomes dicey. So when this one comes up, if we did the gavel thing, as the speaker, I would be like, okay, let's do the vetoes. Any vetoes? No. Any writers? No. Okay, vote now. Right yeah, now. Everyone yeah. shut up. There's no, no table talking. talk. Right now. No table Just talk. move on, because there's no, there are some agendas where it's just like, there's nothing to talk about. You just have to see what happens. Yeah, and... Yeah, I want to go back to that rule. That I know it's a house rule, and we've been kind of trying to not do any house rules yeah. while we're doing the strategy, guys. We're almost done with that, thank God. Uh, and I want to go back to part of the power of being the speaker is being able to end the table talk. Here's why that doesn't work, though, to me, is because of the way trade works now and the fact that a, oh, the agenda you phase... you got to be able to negotiate stuff. So you got to be able to do transactions. So you need to, when mutiny comes up, if you're the fourth person to vote, and now it's like, oh, now we're seeing how this is going to shake out and I need to start swaying people, you need to be able to take What about this? What I, I've got a compromise. And maybe you've probably... Maybe you're having the exact same idea. Let um, let let go ahead and do it. I'll, okay, well, first, you need to buy a gavel. <laughs> no okay so a little the, squeaky gavel the speaker the speaker has the floor when they call it to a vote it's going to vote to a vote when it's your turn to vote you, you can offer transactions um other people do not get to talk the speaker has the and has the right to say okay let's get a move on if yeah. and maybe like in some if it gets to be too much the speaker says like okay you're not voting move yeah. on 
Yeah, mo- moving outside of um, like when it is not your turn to vote, you speak when spoken to. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. You you if some if this if the current voter addresses you, then you may enact in some talk and do a transaction with them. Uh, I have a question. Uh, if we did it that way, would those transactions be binding or non-binding? The, just the conversation itself, or or like let's say it, let's the say transactions it, are binding if it is like vote four and I will give you two trade goods. Yes, that is a binding. Okay, okay. that is a binding yeah, transaction. That's a binding right deal. Now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, incentive program directive four: Draw and reveal one stage, one public objective for the deck, and place it near the public objectives. St- uh, against, draw and reveal one stage, two public objective from the deck, and place it near the objectives. I have never seen um, a. I'm trying to remember actually which way. I've only seen one type of objective revealed from this, and I think it's the stage ones. Yeah, I've never seen a stage two. Um, because people are scared. People are afraid of someone getting the easy stage two and stage ones. It's like, well, it's only one point. I think if this comes up early, people are even more like, don't get a stage two out there because someone might be able to just like slam dunk dunk it. Yeah. And be like way, way on and slam. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) on the contrary, I'd say get that stage two out. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Like, I feel like it's actually better because less people are going to be able to do it. The problem with doing the stage one is you're going to reveal something that, especially at the point in the game where this gets revealed, that's probably an automatic point. So same to our secret objective, you know, the the law from earlier, it's the same argument. Like, don't give someone something that will just happen. Let's make it something they got to struggle for. Yeah, for real. I want one person to maybe get two points rather than everybody gets one point. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so new constitution directive. Uh, this is another effect old agendas, but this one is four, discard all laws from play. At the start of the next strategy phase, each player exhausts each planet in his home system. Against no effect. In TI3, we almost exclusively, if, if an agenda said against no effect... Delete. We just straight up took it out of the right. deck because just it's just so uninteresting, uh, and I get that like that's probably okay from a design perspective, but it's just not fun, and I get so bored by these. Um, but this one in particular, discarding all laws. I mean, I guess it's a big deal. Like we talked about earlier, a lot of laws that end up passing don't tend to matter too much. Yeah, and this one affecting all of them does make it a bigger deal. Okay, we can just get we can wipe the slate clean, but um, that that counteroffer of you have to exhaust all planets in your home system i feel like that That's keeps it from ever happening right so, right it's like even i just can't imagine a game of twilight imperium where i'm like oh these laws are just really crushing yeah. me so i gotta get right. rid of them right against no effect i feel like is gonna happen yeah. more often than not except for <laughs> except for this baby if you're doing the ixthian artifact um so let's start with the against against no, no effect, effect. Doesn't matter, the four is always going to happen every single time because people like to have fun. So the four is the speaker rolls one die. If the result is six to ten, each player may research two technologies. If the result is one to five, destroy all units in Mechatorex's system, and each player with units and systems adjacent to Mechatorex's system destroys three of his units in each of those systems. The best. The best. Even if I'm the person on Mechatorex... There's always a small part of me that's like, let's roll those dice. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Even as the Winu, like, for the Winu, it's sort of like, you know what? 
I'm all, I'm, my game is already on the fence. Let's just like decide it right now. Let's decide if I have the rest of the game or not. It reminds me of if you guys ever played Munchkin. We played a lot of Munchkin in high school. Um, there was a card called the Duck of Many Things yeah. that was just like roll a die and this happens or this happens. Yeah. And they're not even like they don't even they're not even really related like fiction. I'm not really sure what's happening. The Ixian artifact either grants yeah, us all technology why? or destroys everything. <laughs> it's the one ring to rule them all. Yeah, and we either let it get into the wrong hands or yeah, we I don't know. No, it's like the uh, it's like a it's like a ca- an Ixthian capsule that they mm-hmm. have dug out of Mechatol Rex, like two thousand one, a space. And Odyssey. they're like, eh, maybe we shouldn't touch it. We don't know where it, what it is. We yeah. don't know where so, it's but been. We're gonna touch it. Yeah, we're touching it. I want to touch it. What does it do to us? Hey, hey, I want to hey. touch it. Hey, I want to touch the artifact. <laughs> Let let me touch the artifact now. <laughs> and Hunter's I want to touch on the artifact. Oh no, Hunter, you touched it and your arms reduced. Let's talk about arms reduction. <laughs> Directive uh, four: Each player destroys all but two of his dreadnoughts and all but four of his cruisers. Against at the start of the next strategy phase, each player exhausts each of his planets that have a technology specialty. I feel like there's always just enough people on the table that the four hurts. That like the table leans towards the four. Love it. On this one. Yeah. This one sucks for Mentak. This one sucks for Lizix. This one sucks for Barony. I, I I was L1 and I get this hurt me. Yeah. And it, it sucked and I had to pretend that it didn't hurt me. Right. The difference did. <laughs> the difference here is um the other one where like the at at the against is you lose a you exhaust a planet. Well, that's a home planet on the other one. And home planets are typically worth lots of resources. Yeah. This is a technology specialty planet. Those are like a one three, a one one, like it's they are worthless planets. Mm-hmm. Everyone is like, oh, I don't, I don't really care about the against. Um, so you have like two people on the board who are super willing to vote against, and it won't hurt them at all. But the rest of the board goes, yeah, but we can completely wipe out Mentak right now. It's weird because the four uh, hurts more in the late game, and the against hurts more in the early game. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's, just because because it's a dollar you won't have. I mean, I yeah. Guess. Yeah, it's like it's it's not. Set I don't up think it hurts way. that much in the early. Game. Well, I mean, it's a it's a tech skip. It's a tech skip. Then those are, those are important. Those are important earlier. Though. Sure, that's, sure, that's sure, 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 sure. But say, say that it come up uh, yesterday. Um, I would I absolutely been, not have won. I would have been. Like, yeah, no, would have been really bad. I would have been four all the way. But four, I probably wouldn't even have that much. Yeah. So it do you, matter. if you're a speaker, that's purely conditional of what units you have on the board, whether or not you put right. that on top. That that one is just, like, so situational. About yeah, we can't even recommend anything yeah. with that. Uh, economic equality. This one came up. Directive four. Each player returns all trade goods to the supply. Then each player gains five trade goods. Against, each player returns all of his trade goods to the supply. <sighs> so in a game without Mentac, this is a fairly normal thing. Either everyone has zero or everyone has five trade goods. And I would say it's a pretty much... You're going to see kind of even, totally depends on how many trade goods are on the board, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Hakan also. Yeah, Hakan's going to be a big one with this. They're going to want it, but my point, though, is Mentak in your game completely changes everything about right, this Right, because Mentak gets it's gonna some steal, of those five right, trade right. goods. When you yeah. gain five trade goods, that means you're gaining trade goods and now have in excess of three, which means Mentak's going to steal one. So more often than not, four people get four trade goods. Mentak gets nine and two people get five or like one person gets five one thing that's important to me to point out uh strategically for economic equality especially with the con episode looming over my head <laughs> uh is that this is actually the only reason to not bank trade right. goods right. there isn't any other way right. for someone to get rid of all i of seen your trade goods. i always thought that there were more and there were more in 
TI3. Yeah, three. There were more things that like hurt trade goods in TI3. But in TI4, you got pretty great odds that your trade goods are never going to get yeah, destroyed. Your, your trade goods is sitting on your sheet are safe yeah. um, to stay there. And you can stack them if you want. And that's fine. Yeah. The only two ways you can lose them is through economic equality or with Mintac taking that right. pillaging it's a little off the top. Yeah. Um, that all being said, I, I do love that agenda except for when Mantak is in the game i get very kind of just like annoyed at the decision we have to try to make now right. and i feel like even as a Mentac player i mean this happened to you alex what what was what did it feel like to be the Mentac when this agenda came well up? the 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 problem when it came up was i had nine trade goods so um and i had mirror computing so if that went four, and everyone lost all the trade goods. I was losing almost twenty resources, and you I mean, if it went against, against is where we would lose all of our. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. If it went against, I was losing everything. If 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 it went four, I was losing a trade good, and everyone else was gaining some. So it wasn't really the situation that you're talking about, but it really, really sucked. It, it sucked really because sucked. We were actually even having a debate about it, and like in that situation. I don't know. It's it's it is such an interesting um, problem to be faced with. Yeah. Do we all gain some trade goods and affect Mentac? Basically, not at all. Do nothing to Mentac, but we all gain some trade goods. Yeah. Or do we ruin Mentac? Ruin yeah, because none of us have trade goods, and we can either ruin Mentac or do nothing to Mentac and all stand to gain from it. And just like the fact that that can happen when Mentac is in the game, really muddies it up for yeah me. but it, i mean it, it's the one um apart from this one that destroys all our cruisers it's the one that will ruin mentac if they've banked their trade goods right yeah yep and yeah. it's and uh, same same with the con yeah. i yeah. i mean i'm f i'm for it in i'm for playing with it it just sucked as mentac yeah. yeah yeah all right we've reached the last phase all we have left are for and against laws those were all directives were we're clocking a clocking a quite an episode here. So these are all things that will stay in effect if the four happens, and that's the important point to note with all of these upcoming laws. If against happens, it is a one-time effect, and then it goes away. Yeah. So the four is the only thing in any of these that is a looming, lasting, lasting effect. Yeah, lasting effect. Fleet regulations. Four, each player cannot have more than four tokens in his fleet pool. Against each player places one command token from his reinforcements in his fleet pool. Uh, this one is most interesting when it comes up late game because early game it will be against 100% of the time. Yeah. No way it won't because most people have not gotten more than four. Right. They would the just thing. like the extra. Everyone would like to gain one. But late game, you usually have like one or two players that it's like, oh my gosh, they're sitting with eight. They would have to destroy so many ships. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's madness. The biggest thing I can think of with this card is. Barony wants this agenda to happen for sure so badly, and you want you want it's four, pro you barony. want it to get hit, and yeah. it's just like cool. You mean I will always definitely have two more fleet than everybody else in the entire game? I love it. I mean, there's there's no reason Barony doesn't. I if I'm Barony, maybe depending on the round, but like I might throw all my votes for this. oh for sure. Just sure. make yeah. sure it happens because like the the lasting presence of how much better your fleets are going to be than everybody else. Late game, you're unstoppable. Yeah, it's it's like so hard to, to do anything about. This hurts L one so bad. Like L one is always the race. I feel like that has to have a high fleet pool. Yeah. and puts so much importance on their fleets that like this is like with L one and Barony kind of being the like kind of Cain and Abel, like yeah. both good at really similar things but in slightly different ways. This is the thing that like oh well Barony wins. Right. Like, Right. There's no hope for L1 in that. Yeah. Um, but again, that being said, 
it's almost always going to be against. Yeah. In the first five rounds of the game. It's pretty rare that it comes up and there's that one obvious play. Because sometimes, I mean, this happened in our last game and I had a big fleet pool and I still kept it from happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember all the context behind it, but it's it's just like the only time you definitely want to limit it is when the player in the lead is the one with the huge fleet support. I mean, I wanted four, yeah. and I pushed for it, but I just couldn't get enough people on my side. You Both the two of you actually were, were the, the ones deciders. that were going to be hurt by it, right? and I could not get enough. Nobody else cared. Points. Yeah, they just they weren't they weren't really clicking into it. Um, so they didn't they didn't want yeah. to do anything with it. Homeland Defense Act Law Four: Each player can have any number of PDS units on planets he controls. Against each player destroys one PDS unit. I always see against happen. I've seen yeah. this one several times, and it always goes against. It always just goes to like, cause cause I feel like PDS has become like a specialty unit where like there's only ever going to be like one or two players that go heavy PDS. Yep. So then the rest of the board is just like, nah, let's just get rid of that. Right. And usually, too, the thing is, it affects the least people. Yeah. So many people on the board just won't have any PDS. Right. And they're just like, because that's that's the big problem with it, too, is if I don't have any PDS, the four doesn't help me at all. Doesn't do anything for me. So it's like, why would I ever vote for if I can just like slow down X Cha mm-hmm. or any, you know, maybe make Jonar burn one of their PDS in their home system right. or something? Right. Who knows? But like, it's very hard to make the four happen here. Mm-hmm. I would say. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hunter, if you're extra and you play politics and you see this, what do you do? Um, you know, honestly, the four isn't even, isn't worth it. Because the it's other thing, it's not even that You want to spread out your PDS. Yeah. Having a bunch of PDS on one planet is only useful when it's your home system and people are going to come for it. But the better way to use PDS is to spread them out across your whole pie slice so that your entire pie slice is defended. So loading up PDSs on one planet isn't even good. So, like, almost every situation, you're just going to lose a PDS. Yeah. I I almost don't think anyone should put this one on top. I mean, unless you are one of those completely non-PDS races because you're you're kind of guaranteed to kill up. Yeah, I think it's always going to go against. I don't think four is really going to happen because I think the people that want four to happen, it's not, it's like we were just saying, it's not good enough for the four so all that it is is gonna destroy a pds a heavy dreadnought race would love to yeah have this one hit the board because now their dreadnoughts are going to bombard a planet one would love to do that against right right even though they can even when they can assimilate a pds it's like i don't care i would rather invade a planet yeah but assimilating pds is like it's it's overrated it's all about that space dog baby uh anti-intellectual revolution law four after a player researches a technology, he must destroy one of his non-fighter ships. Against at the start of the next strategy phase, each player chooses and exhausts one planet for each technology he owns. This one is my favorite of these of these versions. It's well designed. It's well designed well because designed. this one came up uh, yesterday as well. And I mean, the four isn't all good, and the against isn't all good or bad it's right. like everything in it is a very kind of ooh. how you are vetoed we this one didn't you i believe i vetoed this or it got quashed yeah, yeah it's a good one to get rid of because it's just like no one actually stands to gain here uh late game the four is maybe a little bit more obvious because there's going to be a lot of people at the table who are kind of like actually you know what i'm done getting tech right and i would love to prevent anyone else from getting tech yes so yes, it's yes, useful yes. in that regard um but the against that's a devastating effect the situation yesterday was i i believe i had the most tech 
Yeah, Except yeah, you for, had a lot you had for five. L1, and um, I really did not want to exhaust those planets. Yeah, so. that's five planets you have to exhaust. That's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, a L- ground basically. Yeah, L1 had four tech and had four planets, yeah. and so it was like, uh, yeah, L1 doesn't want that to happen because they lose everything. Right. They will lose yeah. all of it. Like that's. In- but we couldn't. We the two of us couldn't outvote it. So right, and you I had I had a veto. So yeah, you man, gotta, you kind of got to get rid of that one. Imagine how bad that is for like a Jolnar. Like, there's actually, there's probably no yeah. way late game Jolnar that Jolnar doesn't get completely shut down by that. Yeah, we haven't seen that happen, but that's a really good point, especially because Jolnar is probably doing fairly well. So that one comes up, you can you can ruin a round for Jolnar. It just sucks because it's one of those times that you, you're hurting, like, it's always going to hurt everybody. That's the thing. Is right. there's, there's not really it's a game where, great. like, nobody researched any tech. Sure. And they're just like, whatever. Yeah. But, like, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, I'm going to hurt myself, but, but Jolnar boy. is done this round yeah they got nothing right right except uh, for that they still have four commodities god how many advantages does children <laughs> enforce <laughs> and that's so true they're gonna get money anyways uh enforce travel ban for alpha and beta wormholes have no effect during movement against destroy each pds in or adjacent to each system that contains a wormhole that against covers a wide swath of land yeah that's like the whole board Every, almost everyone's going to destroy a PDS. Yeah. Um, but this one's fun because when... It's really good for the... When yes. Ghost of Creus are in the game, you want this so badly. Because remember, on your race sheet, it says you cannot lose the ability to go from alphas to betas. And back, you know, alphas to alphas, alphas to betas, betas to betas. So what Enforced Travel Ban does is prevents everyone else at the table from using wormholes. And now ghosts get free range. Yeah, and it's, it's really amazing. It's it's also such a hard call because the against is probably going to affect so many different players that right. they are probably going to give it to the ghost. Right. It's probably a situation where people are more often it's, than not going to be like, "All right, fine, close them." Yeah, I I just can't lose my entire PDS network. Yep. If there's a, that's going to be the ghost player is going to be like, "Yeah, let's do all votes for," and then any PDS players are going to. So that's probably going to be at least half the table. Right. Yeah, you're 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 already done at that point. Yeah. I mean, it's it's I love that agenda for ghosts for ghosts it's really good for i mean i'll say this much like ghosts deserves it (laughs) yeah because of how bad that other one and how many other terrible things can happen i'm so glad an agenda exists that's just kind of like let's give them a leg yeah there's at least a pro ghost there needs to be a mechatol rex one that does the same all the mechatol rex agendas are like do something terrible to mechatol rex and there should be one that's like hey winu let's give you a break Mm -hmm. please i believe in third edition there was the same thing and it it ghosts it prevented them from using the worm it may have i don't remember it that may have been a a i don't think they had that clause before i don't saying like you can't maybe maybe that may have been the fix to ghosts uh but i don't explicitly remember i didn't play ghosts very often yeah me neither so i don't know and also there was like four times as many agendas so in third edition two i think ghosts couldn't uh if you controlled one end of a worm you couldn't go through it yeah nobody else could go through it that was like the thing it was really weird especially because they introduced malice the wormhole nexus and so if ghosts got there they got a second home system that nobody can ever touch <coughs> ever 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 that's so good yeah ghosts were a different different kind of beast in ti3 but not necessarily better but just like just some weird. different operations yeah just like ghosts sitting in the wormhole nexus no one being able to touch them yep. it was just like okay so you can't be eliminated from the game but congrats you have this like right. really bad planet right and that's uh it. we are we're so close and we're yeah, so i know i hear you uh publicized weapon schematics for if any player owns a war sun tech all players may ignore 
all prerequisites on War Sun technologies, all War Suns lose sustained damage. Against each player that owns a War Sun tech discards all of his action cards. Tough call, baby. Uh, I'll say this much. Honestly, I don't think it is because in almost every game, there's just no threat of War Suns being a thing. There's just, there's, there, nothing's gonna happen. I don't know. I just feel like the, uh, I don't know. I feel like this could be, this could be a tough call because, uh, if it's the, if, if someone does, then I think I could see people being like, all right, let's, let's all go four. Um, because not only do they get a unit upgrade like mm-hmm. game, uh, they make war suns less powerful. I'm not really thinking in this, in the sense of like, everybody's going to want to build war suns because people no. generally don't want I mean, to. I think it de-incentivizes you to want to. Now Now you have even less reason to get war suns. Your war suns will be better and everyone else will get them. Right. But I think I actually may may ignore all prerequisites on and so you still have to research it one person eh. one ha, one person has to do all of the legwork yeah. to get war sons right their war sons are bad yeah they don't have sustained damage and everyone else now can easily get war sons. i think it's just about making them lose their sustained damage this is but... this only is a thing when muad is in the game i mean yeah that, that's, that's basically it, it is... really really hurts their one thing yeah, yeah. i mean it, it's yeah. It's a rough one. Yeah. Though what's interesting about it, though, is uh, a base game Muat doesn't own War Sun tech. They just have War That's Suns. That's true. So all this does is hurt their War Sun. So the against, they won't lose their action cards. Like, it doesn't do that much to Muat, but it is still like, they will lose sustained damage. And that's the only thing that the four does. That's really that weird. Situation. It's a very, very strange one and kind of feels like a corner case agenda every time it comes up. Yeah. I always feel like it's just like, let's just move on uh, because it's. It actually won't end up doing really anything. I think this is. I think I like this one. I'm not sure. I can I read this one. Hunter's gonna read. Representative government law four. Players cannot exhaust planets to cast votes during the agenda phase. Each player may cast one vote on each agenda instead. Against at the start of the next strategy phase, each player that voted against exhausts all of his cultural planets. Man, if that against wasn't cultural, was yeah, was a little more like meaty yeah because i actually really dig the four like i think it's funny when it happens and everybody becomes equal it's very easy for one player to be like i only have one cultural planet and it's a one three uh i'm totally happy to vote all my votes against yeah it's too easily canceled that four what would be the the great against all votes are revealed simultaneously (laughs) yeah that's a good little joke uh so yeah, this this one's hard to get to have happen, but I feel like it, it does happen a decent amount because it happened once. I've, you, I've played with it once. I think usually the situation revolved around this one is there's like three players that just never feel like they're going to catch up, mm-hmm. right. and it's like okay, we can all three pull together and we can make the four happen. Yeah, with because all three of us are never going to have the good end of it, but now we can increase our voting potential by a lot. So I do think the vote happens quite a lot for, but there's just a really easy against in it so depending on the game the against is super easy to to have happen the problem is that obviously anybody with high influence is not going to want four so how are you going right how are you supposed to win that (laughs) the person with mechatol rex and assassinate representative yeah that's promissory notes promissory notes become a big deal right then um also writers are a big deal on that agenda yeah because they're about to get less useful right in the future um let's do regulated conscription four when a player produces units, he produces only one fighter or infantry for its cost instead of two against no effect. Boo! Boring and also, like, only hurts a couple races. 
and most factions just like don't even care that like i don't know who wants this besides well there's a soul on the loose but that doesn't work because the it, it wouldn't apply to when Soul does it orbital drop, right. so yeah, it yeah. doesn't hurt Soul. And and so Soul I guess it hurts Arborek, it, it hurts Nalu. So you're hurting like two races pretty explo- explicitly, and then everyone else is just like, well, it's prob- probably I actually okay. think this is the most pro-Soul law, because if four does happen, Soul is the only person that still gets to plop down to anywhere. infantry, and they can plop them down anywhere. And generally, the math that you do as Soul is how many infantry can that guy bring to mm-hmm. this planet, or how much bombardment? And right. now I don't even have to worry about the infantry. Because you're because bringing not many. You're not bringing enough, for yeah. sure. Yeah. That law, though, uh, late game, is completely useless. Yeah, who cares? Uh, because everyone has already decided where their planets are. Might be a good phase one, but the against is still it's probably going to happen. Yeah. So. Shared research. Four, each player's units can move through nebulae. I don't know why it says nebulae. There is one nebula on the board. I get why it says it, because maybe in an expansion they'll introduce more. But that's a weird four. Uh, against, each player places a command token from his reinforcements in his home system if able. I've never seen the four not happen. Because almost everybody at the board doesn't care. There are four people at the board where it's like, the nebula doesn't even affect me. Why would I vote against and have to activate my home system? Uh, there's just, there's almost yeah, no, just let it go. There's <laughs> no incentive for this one. This, this one, um, if you are in the lead and you need to protect yourself from scary agendas, plop this one right there on top, buddy. Cause nobody cares and nobody's gonna care. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. Mm-hmm. Even if you have the nebula like adjacent to your home system, it still isn't probably going to hurt you that much. Mm-hmm. There's just almost nothing people can do with this agenda being in play right and the against is so bad that it's never gonna happen yeah no it's it's bunk bunk one executive sanctions four each player can have a maximum of three action cards <laughs> in his hand against each player discards one random action this card is a good from one. his hand this is a good one it's hard because the four sucks and the against sucks and yep. that's what i think i'm looking for in these yeah so just like the ghost of Creus, Asarl is so pumped so to have happy this in play to have because this. now everyone has almost no action cards and you're going to have a million bajillion Amelia Bedelia. I'm always mad when the four happens on this one, no matter what. Like, I just think it's always crazy that anyone would want the four to happen. Right. Because, like, well, if you didn't have Neural Motivator, I guess, and you but fell like, behind. even still, I, I, can't, I can't imagine the situation where I'm like, I, I mean, I guess if you, I, I don't feel like I'm ever going to play a game where i'm doing really badly in action card like i've i have now been awoken to how good action cards are and how you're important woke, they yeah. are still, i'm you're, your stop, hashtag stop it stop <laughs> it we're not <laughs> if i have say i have seven action cards i feel like four of those action cards are not going to get used by the end of the game That's i'm true. holding on okay to sure it. the the timing of this card does matter quite a lot yeah could yeah. be a big deal for the end game if you're in the lead and it's round five? Yeah, of course. Make everyone lose a bunch of their action cards. I get that. I, I get that. The timing the timing of this one is so important. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's one... I feel like my attitude with a lot of these is just, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. It's yeah. going to be cool. Yeah. It's going to be a the, game of the, TI that is not one I've played before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the smarter decision would probably be usually to just go ahead and burn this one. Yeah, and because it's bad either way. Isarl is going to run amok in yes, this game. Yes, Isarl is going to. Oh yeah. Really... If Isarl's in the game, you have to burn this one. Yeah. If you're Isarl and you get this one, 
congratulations, you just won the game. Right. <laughs> like, you, ju- right. you just earned victory. Now, what a what a crazy buckwild experience you're about to have, Isarl. Yeah. yeah. Conventions of War. I feel like this one comes up in, like, 90% of games. Yeah. <laughs> it comes and up I lot. hate it. Uh, players, four, players cannot use bombardment against units that are on cultural planets. Oh, but Ag- Against... Each player that voted against discards all of his action cards. The against cards. is too hardcore. Yeah, it's again, it's the, it's like the, the same problem as that Nebula one. Why would, almost nobody is affected by cultural planets not being allowed to be bombarded. That is so many things it requires. I need to have cultural planets. My neighbor needs to have dreadnoughts looming on my doorstep or war suns looming on my door. Like who cares about the four happening? I'll say this though. I think. From an agenda design perspective, if you if you if you will um, rewind about an hour um, when we were doing the elect cultural planet ones, I believe it was meant to combo with like cultural planets are good. Yeah, with the like because all the good elect planet is elect cultural planet. I guess stuff. so. There's even the one that's for a VP. Right. So if we took bombardment out of the equation, that might be. But what is this a com? I'm just. Right. I'm sorry. I'm trying we're, to be charitable. We're relying on multiple cultural planet agendas coming up, and just yeah, that's probably not gonna happen. But still, it, it is maybe gonna be clutch sometime, but probably not ever. Nah, I've never. I so far I've never seen it be clutch, and I've seen it come up in so many games. Just and that like against random- is so hardcore. Yeah. Like it's like I feel like it. It literally pretty much has to be four. Like yeah. it's just like, well, I've been bullied. Yeah, the, no, it. I, just, I love the against, but the four needs to be spicy. It needs to be yeah. something else that's brutal. If they were both hardcore, it would just the, be like, the oh. problem is it's an against that incentivizes you not to pick against. If you pick against, you're the only one losing the action cards, anyways. Right. Right. Why would anyone it needs, ever it needs vote against? It needs to be like four lose all trade goods. Against lose all action cards. <laughs> right. Like just either either yeah, sucks. Your, pick your favorite. Before is yeah. so nothing. All right. Guess what, everybody? Last we made one. It. We did we it. it. Wow. I can't believe we did this episode. There is absolutely no way that this is not the longest episode we've ever had. Because yeah. Hunter, we still have a rata to do about the ghost. Oh, of I was Krius. assuming we were gonna do keep kick that can down. Let's to kick it down the road. I'm yeah. sorry. We're kicking it down the road yeah. because this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, wormhole. It's fitting. We're not doing. We're not doing any uh, errata. ghost errata. Yep. But here's here's the final note. Wormhole reconstruction. Four. All systems that contain either an alpha or beta wormhole are adjacent to each other. Oh. Against each player places a command counter from his reinforcements in each system that contains a wormhole and one or more of his ships. <sighs> this is possibly worse than the other bad wormhole one for ghosts. So you're telling me <laughs> the, the four is everyone gets to be the ghosts of Creus. Yep. And the against is hurt the ghosts of Creus. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they feel the need to Why make so many agendas that are like, uh-uh, ghosts. Yeah. Not today. Yeah. Remember? You know what? And Dana Bel- Beltrami, this is your favorite race. And you were like, I want everyone to hurt me. Hurt you know, me. I'm Dane, and I really want you to hurt me. I get it, though. I think he was... Yeah, have you ever heard that phrase, kill your darlings? Yep. Yep. I think he was... I think that was the thing, is Dane loved the ghosts so much, he wanted, he wanted to challenge them. <laughs> he knew they could rise to the challenge. Yeah. This one is so bad for ghosts. It is on a, in both directions. There's really nothing you can do. You're just like, well, bad or bad. Yeah. Pick your poison. I abstain, and I'm going to go throw a toaster in the bathtub. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> I, I it's just, funny because I, I was just saying I want both to be bad. Yeah. But this is just so okay, obviously bad well, for Well, because it's only bad for one player. That's a yeah. problem. Let's, it's not let's, bad for the okay, table. Okay, okay, okay. But let's, let's, get, let's get our minds out of this. 
ghosts are not in this game. Oh, yeah. Now how do we feel about there's this se- I forgot. There's 17 races. And, sometimes... and then, not to do math again, but six players, 17 races. That means there's 11. I will say this much. Ghosts are in more than 1 17th of games. Yeah, that's true. They're a spicy race that people like to play. 1 17th. How would that math work out? That's crazy. <laughs> All right. So let's let's think. Let's re, reword our brains. Brian, let's reword our brains and talk about wormhole reconstruction as if. Well, now it's just random as to who this is going to be good or bad. Who's maybe in the wormholes? Who's going to... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing to even talk about. I don't even know. Yeah, it just depends on who's going to be where. My attitude is it's a bonanza. Open those wormholes. Yeah, right. Open them. Open them. Open them. Give it to Alex. Give it to... Let's give it to... Let's give it to Alex. No, but give it to me. No. Let's give it to Alex. Elect wormhole. This one is Alex. I do want to say something about pol- uh, about the usage of politics, yeah. though, after having gone through these. Yeah. Um, if you play politics and you see any of these elect players that you that very clearly it's going to hurt a certain type of faction. Get them. And that faction is in your game. Throw it in there. Get them. Yeah. Try to get something out of yes. it. Get them. It is the flaw of factions that can be easily hurt by things because there's just no reason yeah. not to. Watch out for those ones that you think might hurt Soul but actually help them. Yep. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. All of those are not as good as you think they are. Oh, yeah. Did, those are not as good as you think they is. <laughs> did you notice how we never said there was an anti-Soul yep. one? They were all like, no, that yep. that may, might seem like it's bad for Soul, but it ain't. It's not. Let's do the soapbox right now of everyone should start playing against Soul more often. They're better than... E- you you might even think they're good. They're better than you think they is. Oh, <laughs> did it twice. <laughs> if if extras in the game and you're their neighbor, you get in there early. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Eat if em. if you see someone across the table doing that to extra, just let them do it. Yeah. <laughs> they let they're them. they're helping you. Yeah. They what sucks is I mean helping. you don't want extra to be able to do that kind of thing, but you do want them to do it against soul. Well, we are two hours deep into this episode, and I bet you um, a lot of the a lot of the people have left at this point. Yeah. They've turned it off long ago. Hey John, um, how's it going? You're the only one still listening. <laughs> Hi, it's nice just to us. See you. Do we want to reveal the super secret ultimate strategy to win every game of Twilight Imperium now that it's just us friends? Yeah, what the super secret okay. one? Yeah, Hunter, I, we've been talking about this for, for months now. All right. Go ahead. Here we go. This is the super secret way to win every game of Twilight Imperium. If you're playing on Tabletop Simulator, there's a button. Uh, if you look up on the top bar, there's a button called Flip. If you click that, you win the game. If you're playing in real life, what you can do is button. if you... There's a on the bottom of a table. <laughs> you have to hit it very hard. Every table has this button, and if you press it with all of your might... You will win the game. I won't tell you exactly what happens. Um, everyone will love it. Don't worry. You don't have to feel for it. It's the entire bottom of a table is the button. You have to press as hard as you can, mm-hmm. and you're gonna feel the table start to give way. You like are it's gonna a, you are flip a mother, over. and the table is a child under a bus, and you just need to hit that button. It's like you know when you're doing like stuff on a car, and you're afraid like, oh, it feels like there's too much give here. Like I might actually hurt this car. You're not gonna hurt the car. Okay, you're not gonna hurt it. Just keep Hunter, pushing on that table. I need you to back up. What? What am I doing on a car? Sometimes I do, like, car maintenance stuff. Do you? Uh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Describe it for me. Um, like, sometimes I have to, like, put, uh, like, I'll put, there's mm-hmm. this, like, fluid stuff, yeah. and if I put it in the muffler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, it's like honey, right? <laughs> and you stuff it deep into the muffler, 
And once you do that, a family of bees will start living there. Those bees give you the go juice. Yeah, the go juice. <laughs> and they make the car go vroom fast. Well, that's the whole thing. A bee, when you get 400 bees together, that's what gives the car the... Right. Well, that, a lot of people don't know. Yeah, it is a it's, it's a, a buzz. It's a buzz. It's a and and a lot of people don't realize that it is a buzz, but that is actually a buzz. I don't know why we call it horsepower. <laughs> Because horses ain't got nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, so this was too long and bad. Uh, it was good. It was fine. At least we were we rolling did. dice. Yeah, that's true. At least we weren't rolling dice. Um, is there? How was this in? Did, did it already end? Actually, this might already be. No, over, we do right? a rundown and we do a play of the week. Oh yeah, we got to do the rundown. We don't have the thing in front of us, so Hunter, give me the rundown from from your brain and from I'm memory. Gonna, I'm gonna pull up the pull the play. Okay, of the week. that's good. I'm glad I'm doing it. Um, so you can uh, hook up with us on Twitter, uh, Space Cats Pod. You the, what you can hook up there is um, our digits where we're gonna be and what we like to do on a Friday night. Also, game announcements. And uh, some other stuff. Uh, you can look us up on Facebook, Space Cats. Peace Turtles is the name of the show that you've been listening to for two hours, uh, in case you needed to know. Uh, we've got game announcements, fun little bits of horse trivia. Um, <laughs> also, we have a Patreon. Uh, if you want to help make the show better, if you want to make it slimmer, sexier, if you want there to be third, more. Third, to- third episode in, in a row that Hunter has said the word sexy. All right. Sexier. That's turning into a drinking game thing. Uh, yeah, uh, and if you want, you know, just whatever, just get in on it. We're doing a video at Gen Con in Indianapolis this August, and with all the money's going to that, uh, really, and it's nuts. Uh, cool, good. Uh, every week, you can see us post on Reddit Twilight Imperium. That's where the best place to do discussions on episodes. If you want your errata to be featured in the errata portion of the show that we didn't even do this week put it there we have a board game geek guild baby we have a discord channel that you should check out all right i got a play of the week for you all yeah uh actually let's thank some patreoners uh let's just off the top of your head who are some patreoners you know we should thank uh this is fun this is like who do who, who are the names that exclusively stick out to us i will not be able to do lands of titles with this one in mac we trust yeah effing dragon uh thom Thom. Chisel. We think Chisel last week. Whatever. Uh oh. No big deal, man. Yeah. Laxo's one. Laxo! <laughs> Alex Lilburn. <laughs> Alex Lilburn, come here. Hey, come here. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Here's a here's a play of the week for everybody. This one is from Falcone, 1983. Weirdly enough, born in like 1700. He's an infinite being. Wow. Um. So he actually lived through Twilight Imperium. Yeah. Round one. I have tech, and I get Sarween tools and gravity drive. After refreshing Centauri Grawl via Diplo Second. Wow. Lucky you. Uh, Soul builds a space dock on Barrig. He gets a free refresh from the trade player, but doesn't make any transactions. Round two. I offer Sol my support for the throne for his four commodities, which he accepts, putting him at one victory point. I research Super Dreadnought 2 and build two more dreads via warfare. Then I play Flank Speed so that both dreads in my home system and the one in Centauri Grawl can reach Barragler to four, going around the Gravity Rift and taking five infantry and a fighter with them. I take both planets assimilate the space dock, and immediately build two free fighters via Sarween tools. 
I score the secret objective for winning a fight against the VP leader, which Sol was due to my support for the throne, and the public objective for having six planets, which I had no other way of doing. Sol was in no position to retaliate after that, and even if he could, it would cost him the support for the throne victory point. So basically, my support for the throne bought me four trade goods, two victory points, a space talk, Two free fighters, the best system in the game. And secured a right flank well into the mid-game. That was the mean of the week. The mean the <laughs> Take advantage. We told you earlier, take right? Take advantage of newbies. Two hours yeah, later. I mean, you guys have brought this up before. Twilight Imperium is a lot easier if your opponents don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. All we, dude, yeah. That, that was th- even Dane Beltrami's recommendation on how to play Winu. <laughs> <laughs> First round strategy, Winu. Play with people that don't know how to play. And just take Megatorx and be like, no, 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 Megatorx isn't that important. So I'm going to win now. All right, that's it. Get get me out of here. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles. Yeah, actually, guys, if you could send special uh, thank yous to Baby Boo Boo Matt Matt because he worked hard on what you just listened to. And I, I'm sorry. I, you know what's funny is that I started that sentence intending to be sincere. And then I was like, it'd be more fun if I was mean, wouldn't it? Because not only are you going to hear it now, but then later... After you've done all of the work that you will be doing, and it'll be a lot, you'll then hear me saying this. And then even if you cut it out, what's great is that you still have to hear it in the headphones. You're hearing me now, and then I get you again later after you've done all my work for me. Can I say one thing before we go off the air? (laughs) I mean, now, yeah, anything goes. Hunter and I were talking backstage in the green room. And uh, he told me he really, really loves it when um, everyone at thanks him in the Discord. Uh, especially so thanks at, at Hunter. Inconvenient hours of the night. So like if you live in Europe or Australia, like during your daytime. Like once just, an hour. Yeah, once. Just give, give a thanks for Hunter. Yeah, yeah. My Twitter handle is Hun Bunsen. So if you want to follow me and thank me there, I haven't posted since 2015. <laughs> so if you just started dumping some thank yous there, and maybe if you also added me and Steve Martin to thank us both yeah, together, that, would be good. that might be fun to draw that link. Or else can you annoy Hunter? <clears throat> I've got ad- his address right here. Let me just go ahead and pull that up. Uh, you good luck with that. <laughs> good luck with that. I'll move. It won't cost me nothing. I live in a hole. Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>